Hey everybody, welcome to Game List. This is a podcast about our games of the year and building that list as we go. I'm Jake. This is Colin. Colin, how's it going? I'm Colin. It's going oh great, man. I'm super excited to be here. It's true. It's excited true. To talk about games. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we have ooh, a big show. A big show. So this is technically Game List February, recording this at the beginning of March. We'll be recapping everything that we did uh, as far as gaming goes over the past month, and we'll be looking ahead to the month of March for what's uh, what's upon us. So we always like to start this the same exact way with what you've been playing, dude. Man, uh, February has been an insane month, so I guess I'll start off with what I was playing at the start of February. So you want to say Elden Ring really badly, right? I want I, that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Really. Well, when not the, all, but a major part for sure. And we'll get there. I think, I think the best way to do this is that obviously Elden Ring is going to be such a huge topic of conversation that we'll save that for last. It also is really recent. The game hasn't even been out for a week. So yeah. we'll kind of work our way through the month of the things that we played, both old and new. Then we'll get into our Elden Ring conversation, which will probably dominate the majority of this show. And we will also be um, talking about some of the older games that we've been playing as well. In addition to that, yeah. we'll also, for the first time, this game is called Game List. However... <laughs> We haven't actually made that list yet. We only had one month to go off of. Now we have two yep. months of releases. So after we're done talking about all of the games that we've played, we'll talk about kind of building that game of the year list as we go. So we'll see where we landed and see where the stuff that we've been playing so far this year for new releases stack up against each other to make our lives easy for December. Game list December is just going to be us rattling off a bunch of things you already know. Shortest episode of yeah. the year is our goatee list. That's the goal. It's going to be this. us rehashing everything, but I'm yes. okay with that. Yes, and then after we update our game list, we will move into industry news, and then we'll uh, we'll look ahead. So, Colin, tell me how you started this month for gaming. I started with Sifu. Sifu, yes. Okay, I I dodged I, Sifu. That's okay. a little Sifu joke for you. It, it I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. So, a quick a quick aside on your history uh mm. sifu mm. is very similar to sekiro um in how like brutal and punishing it is in its timing with combat mm -hmm. uh so it makes sense that you might have dodged it right off the start um it's kind of like a mix between arkham combat sekiro combat and a roguelike type thing um, yep so when you die you get older as you get older, you deal more damage, but you also have less health. Uh, so it it's it's a ma ma balancing the difficulty sort of. Yeah. Um, but pretty much the goal is you're trying to get revenge on five guys that killed your dad. I think it wasn't very clear. I think it was your dad. Um, Got it. It's a really fun game. I never I haven't finished it yet. I've gotten so distracted with other games this this month, but mm -hmm. uh, it's been really good. I. I think I will definitely get back to it whenever I finish up the bigger releases this month. Um, but Sifu is definitely like a really cool indie game that I think people should check out because yeah. it's fun and it's got a beautiful art style. Yeah, so it was developed by Slow Clap. And have you played the first game that they did? Absolver? Absolver? Yeah. I have not. So I hadn't either, and I actually went and I did my diligence when Sifu was coming out, and I downloaded it, and I remembered the name, and I couldn't put my finger on why, and I think like two or three years ago, it was free on PlayStation Plus, so I actually own that yeah. game, and I think yeah. it's a similar video game, 
which I'm yeah, surprised not many outlets. I mean, we're we're now a month removed from pretty much the release date of Sifu, but not many outlets really covered um, the history of Slow Clap and talked about Absolver, even though there's quite a bit of DNA that can be found in both. Mm-hmm. They're both uh, big combat games that have a big emphasis on like parrying, dodging, um, and accuracy. Mm-hmm. So it seems really cool. It seems extremely fun, and it looks like. Despite not playing it, I watched quite a bit of gameplay and, you know, read all the coverage on it and whatnot. And I think what was really impressive to me for Sifu was some of the mechanics, the roguelike mechanics that they put into it are fascinating and I think pretty original with the way that the age mechanic works. What can you uh, tell me about that age mechanic? Uh, So pretty much whenever you have a counter on the side, it's like a little clicker counter, you Mm -hmm. can say. Um, so when you die once, it goes up to one. Whenever you die again, it goes up to two and three and so on. And each time you die, that total gets added back to your age. So if you if you just died for your third time and mm-hmm. you're 24, then the three will get added to that and you'll be 27. Nice. Um, Good math. So, yeah, I know, right? It gets, it gets a little confusing, though. I would have gone um, easy and said, when you're 20, you'll turn 23. Then yeah. T- 24 yeah. to 27. Bold. <laughs> Well, well, you have to die a couple times to get to the three, so... Got know. it, got it, got it, got I have it. to at least pretend to be smart here. But. We'll take it. One of us <laughs> um, needs to be. But yeah, so you have like a little chain on you that has five coins on it, uh, representing five decades, I guess. And the oldest you can get is 70. So each every time you get reach another decade, uh, mm-hmm. so if you reach 30, one of your coins breaks. Yeah. And that is showing that you're you that's when it happens where you do more damage but you also have less health so every every 10 years you get debuffed in Mm -hmm. health but buffed in damage got Um, it got it so if you die after 70 after that last coin breaks that's when your run's over so what you do is there are five worlds you start out at 20 on the first one and whatever age you end that world in that's the age that you start in the next one so if I end the first world at 40 and go on to the second world uh, and I die there, then I'll restart the second world at 40. Got it. But the goal of the game is to beat the game at the lowest age possible. So you want right. to master each level and try to beat each level without dying. Yeah. Um, so that adds a pretty cool element of like, yes, you could progress to the game through the game and get through to that third level, but you're kind of doing runs of the same level over and over to beat it in the best way possible which i think is pretty unique and i i remember hearing about that age thing before the game came out and i was like oh all right so i'm fucked i'm bad at games i'm not gonna be able to even like complete this thing but the fact that you're going back and kind of redoing it um without having to actually play through the whole game again and just make it a little bit easier for you find alternate routes seems really rad um yeah so you die at 70 you think 70 is a good age to die in real life i think it's a good age i feel like I feel like you die before you become like incapable. Yeah, you know? for sure. I think that tap me out at tap, tap me out at seventy for gameless for gameless season thirty eight. <laughs> Just yeah. tell me to get fucking lost. God, episode <laughs> what? Oh, eighty something oh, maybe at that time. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds but right. It's 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 really good, and the the other like aspect of uh, roguelike that it has in it um, that I'll just touch on real quick is. Uh, they're like little totems in the area, mm-hmm. and as you as you pass and you pick up a totem, you can choose one of nine buffs 
Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them make weapons last longer, the weapons deal more damage or whatnot, or you can reset your, your counter, your death counter. Yep. Um, but each of those buffs is, is limited behind a gate of either a minimum age, I'm sorry, a maximum age that you can be to pick oh, that cool. buff. Yep. A, a minimum XP gained or a minimum combo gauge, which is like mm. a combo number combo meter that you have to pick. Nice. So it's very skill based. Nice. All right. Yeah. Moving on yeah. from Sifu into a game that's not very skill based. I played a little bit <laughs> of. Uh, we talked about this briefly at the last episode. This came out at the tail end of January, but I dug yeah. into um, Uncharted, the Uncharted remastered Legacy Collection, uh, Legacy of Thieves Collection. Yeah. Boom. Um, Which should be what uh, the Sly Cooper remake should be called but whatever that's a pretty yeah that's honestly that checks out that checks out uncharted sly's fortune would would be a good <laughs> honor among deception. thieves is that a uncharted oh that's like a that's a game somebody write in with a game sly sly cooper subtitle or uncharted subtitle i feel like they're interchangeable i, I feel like they are honestly for sure um, how did you feel about this tell me I feel, I, honestly, this is like the most inconsequential game release ever. Um, the the coolest part about this release is that, so, all right, table setting. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is Uncharted 4, and the DLC, which was a, technically a standalone game, all wrapped into one package, upgraded for the PlayStation 5 from the PlayStation 4. The cool part about it is that if you owned either the standalone DLC or Uncharted 4, you could upgrade for five or 10 bucks up to the PS5 version, which was really rad because I only owned four and not the DLC. So for $10, I got the DLC and I got this tight little package for it. Not so That's bad, nice. but honestly, it looks a little cleaner. The game has already looked fantastic. It, it didn't do much to reinvent the wheel. There's not much added yeah. into the game, but if you haven't finished Uncharted 4, if you haven't played Uncharted 4, if you haven't played that DLC, it's all worth checking out. Um, it's Uncharted The Lost Legacy is the DLC, and it stars Chloe, and I think it takes place after 4. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure either. I really didn't pay that much attention to the story. I liked rolling around, climbing shit, and shooting shit. But yeah. honestly, not much to talk about here. Worth mentioning that I played, and it's one of those games that I feel like it can't really make a goatee list because it still feels like a 2017 release. You know. So have you played Lost Legacy before? I or, hadn't played Lost uh, Legacy. You sinned? I had played Uncharted 4 through, like, Chapter 5 or 6. I owned it way back when it came out. And I just kind of fell off of it. And to be honest, I fell off of it again. But I got further. I got to, like, Chapter 11 or 12. I got to Uncharted 4 opens with the old, like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Like, you start yeah. playing about halfway through the game, and then it kind of goes back, and then you catch up to that scene eventually. I got to where you catch up. Um, the thing that kind of turned me off was like, I was kind of biding time until I got to like Elden Ring and uh, I was thinking about playing Horizon to one of those like big open world games. So I wanted something a bit more linear. And Uncharted 4 yeah. opens up in some pretty surprising ways in some of its levels where it kind of gives you like a little mini open world. And at that point, once I kind of got dropped off into that like second or third large open area playground, I was like, all right, I'm done exploring. I think yeah. I'm going to move on to something else. I, I definitely think Uncharted 4 is my favorite. I haven't played Legacy of... Th or, I'm sorry, Lost Legacy. All yeah. these Legacy and Thieves thrown around is throwing me off. Yeah. Um, 
but I I think it's really good. And open areas in in Uncharted Four, you can kind of mainline them and get through them pretty quickly. Yeah, um, it's it, it's something I'll check out in the future. But for sure, I haven't had. Time Did you catch yet. that Uncharted movie? I haven't yet. Have you? No, no. But apparently, it kind of follows um, the stories of like Uncharted Three and Four, and kind of combines them a little bit, which is really yeah. interesting. You'd think it would do one and two, but it sounds like they're kind of remixing the story a bit, which is interesting because you said Uncharted Four is your favorite, and mine by a long shot is Uncharted Two. Uh, Uncharted like... Two is great. Uncharted 2 goes in directions that I never would have expected. Um, it kind of gets into, like, some supernatural stuff. Like, by the end of that game, I think yeah. you're fighting, like, fucking spectral like, ogres and shit like that. Yetis like it's... and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. It's uh, Shambhala or Shangri... It's one of those two. Sh- Shangri-La. Starts Shangri-La, with an SH. I, I can guarantee that. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I was just re-listening to video gameography, and they just went over the Uncharted games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's i i personally dislike the the like uh supernatural aspects of the game oh, i like it so bring it in so i think that's why i like uncharted 4 more is because it's more grounded i get that i get that what else yeah. have you been playing uh let's see I'm well, can, I alley, can actually... i alley-oop it i think i think it would make sense to go from uncharted to the other uh-huh. gigantic release that's not elden ring of this month are you do you feel ready to speak about horizon oh, yeah. easily I would love Horizon to talk about Horizon 2. Not Horizon 2. Horizon Forbidden Horizon. West. Horizon 2 Dawn of the West. Oh, um, Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. So Horizon Forbidden West. Let me let me let me sit up for this. Um, <laughs> right now is my favorite game of the year. And you're like, Colin, you've been playing Elden Ring like crazy. Why is it not Elden Ring? You're spoiling um, or like next segment. <laughs> well, it'll be all right. You're good. You're um good. It, it, here's the thing. I I'm one of the guys that really loves like a narrative driven game. Um, And personally, I really like a checklist in my game. I like a checklist that I can just mark stuff off and move on to the next one. (laughs) Um, And it sounds bad. It it sounds derogatory of horizon because it truly is a wonderful open world, Uh, but it is checklisty. Like a lot of the for sure Ubisoft games, honestly, um, it, Horizon Forbidden West follows Horizon Zero Dawn very closely. Um, it expands in the world, in the world building, and characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters in this game are phenomenal. Aloy specifically. I love Aloy. Um, yeah. Lots of people think she falls kind of short, but I adore Aloy. She's just a wonderful protagonist. Um, but it is literally one of the most beautiful games I've ever played, if not the most yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I never spend time in photo modes, and I have taken so many pictures in this game so you, many pictures so you don't feel like it was held back at all from being cross-generational you know i think they did a really good job on the cross-gen stuff um yeah they nailed it it's what cross-gen should be mm-hmm. i think i don't think it was held back by being cross-generational because originally it was planned to be ps4 anyways from my yeah. understanding so what they made for the ps4 they kind of then elevated for the ps5 uh, and I think it worked really well. It, it's just a stellar game um, that I will be playing and thinking about for years to come, probably just like the first one. Uh, and I will say this game goes places I didn't expect. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there are story beats in this game that I would have never guessed. Never, never. Um, and they did open it up for a sequel for a uh, threequel, I guess. Yeah, you don't kill the um, cash cow. No, definitely not. But <laughs> it is. I'm. I'm glad. 
because it's it's a phenomenal game phenomenal series and just exploring the open world mm-hmm. uh i think i had a i think i had more fun exploring the open world of horizon than i did elden ring so far hmm. um just because of the the realistic beauty i guess it sounds sounds odd but it, i guess the realism of the graphics is just yeah. awing to me um <laughs> it's very good. very good yeah. i don't know i it's funny you're like the realistic graphics and uh we're showing b-roll on the bottom of the screen if you're watching this on youtube or we do broadcast this live while we're going and it's like at that time while you were saying that it was like a spectral dragon floating around yeah it's a future there's holograms. yes yes no, yes that's holograms. true no but i like what they do and i think um i think it's tough to judge it as like a next generation game but it does seem that it's not far off. I think, I think I, when I think of like next generation or I guess it's current generation, I got to start referring to it accurately. Yeah, I think yeah. kind of a ratchet and clank. And to be quite honest, it really appears like it is pretty fucking close in line as far as uh graphic fidelity goes gameplay. I can't speak to, I didn't end up checking it out, but it looks, it looks really good. Definitely gameplay solid. is an extension of zero dawn. So you yeah. know what you're getting yourself into. It's improved, think- but it's just an extension. I think that's the most common thing that I've heard as far as like the community goes is it if the original so this is why I kind of skipped it to be quite honest I think I qualify here is I fell off of the original Horizon big open world checklist game not always my jam uh got to be in the right mood for it so like Horizon 2 is something that I might check out when I'm feeling that but I can't just like be like all right the new one's out time to do a whole map it really, yeah. really kills me. And it seems like it definitely does not reinvent the wheel in that. And the, the thing that I've heard, like, there's this, um, I don't know, this kind of through line of the original Horizon came out and then weeks later, Breath of the Wild uh-huh. came out. And now Horizon yep. 2 comes out and Elden Ring comes out. And it seems to kind of get outclassed in some categories. It does what it does well, but it doesn't do anything revolutionary. Even the first one, yeah. and even more so, I would say, compounded for the second one. Uh, what big open-world game do you think will sun Horizon 3? Beyond Good and Evil 2 in 2028? <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6. Elder Scrolls 6. That's a good guess. Write it down. Write it down. Elder you heard Scrolls it here Scrolls. first. Elder Scrolls for our 6. next bet in eight years, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll for sure. it. Well, we're on the subject of Sony. Do you still have that written down, the dates that I guess? I do. I have it what written do you, right what here. What do you have there? It is our guess from last month. You mm-hmm. guessed that uh, the state of play will be between March 15th and April 7th. Unless so. there's a state of play next week, I feel even more secure. The thing that I'm, I don't think yeah. there's a chance that we hit April 7th without seeing some sort of PlayStation event. However, I am a little bit worried that they jumped the gun on me by a week and that next week there is one. But here we are Sunday night, nothing announced, but you know how these companies are these days. They'll say Tuesday that there's an event on Thursday and then I'm over here fucking streaming Resident Evil 8 like a coward. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've even decided that uh, if you don't want to cash out you can just do resident evil 7 some more because i know you really like resident evil 7 that's just a ploy i was actually kind of into doing 8 because it's less scary than 7 to me but well, i didn't want to charge you for being wrong you know no, you can you can charge me i'll pay the piper on that okay okay we'll see we'll see i'll play a resident evil game <laughs> we'll see maybe i'll play uh kingdom hearts anyways oh you should we'll get into kingdom hearts ironically when we talk about Elden Ring in just a little bit, how many times can we tease our Elden Ring conversation? 
God, I hope it lives up to. <laughs> it will. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see what we can do. Um, on a completely different note, uh, and another tease, we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct a little bit, but not only did the Nintendo Direct happen, but they also uh, gave us the opportunity to try one of the games that was announced a little bit early. And I was able to hop on to the closed network test for Nintendo mm. Switch Sports. I'm really excited to talk about this. I feel like, listen, when I say that we're not a gigantic gaming news outlet, I could not emphasize that any further. We are not a gaming news outlet and we are not big whatsoever. This is about as small as a podcast gets. We're here in episode two with a very small viewer base, but this does feel like a little bit of a glimpse of getting to check something out early and give impressions of a game that's uh, still a couple months out from being released. Or I don't know, like a month and a half. Yeah. I got the date written down here somewhere. Uh, you know, we'll get I, to it. I did go to the game awards, so. No big deal. No. This podcast, once again, brought to you by Jeff Keeley. Indirectly, not endorsed. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Appreciate you being here. Um, but Switch Sports. So this is the sequel to Wii Sports. Well, I guess it's technically the sequel to Wii Sports Resort. But it is Nintendo Switch Sports, and it is exactly what you would expect. Uh, it is more of those motion-controlled, competitive, local, and online this time, multiplayer games. The full version is going to have some additional stuff like badminton, uh, volleyball, and soccer it also comes with the official nintendo switch garter strap to a garter belt to put on your leg to insert your controller into to control the soccer game which is apparently kind of like the biggest part about it but for this closed network test that i participated in which was also structured so poorly it was over the weekend and i think it was like four different 45 minute sessions where you could hop on and only play online multiplayer against random opponents but let me tell you playing wii sports or switch sports bowling against 11 other people online competitively is some of the most fun that i've had this year honestly when this game comes out i can see it making my fucking game of the year list i think it's going to oh, be absolutely. extremely fun extremely yeah. fun so in addition to the three new sports that I just mentioned, they're also adding golf post-launch, but it ships with tennis, bowling, and something else that I can't remember. Um, sword time. fighting from Wii Sports Resort. Super, super exciting. I played all three of those three that I just mentioned, so all of the kind of ported versions of the old games, and they all played the exact way that you remember, but with a new coat of paint. It is honestly so, so fun. Uh, do you think that this is something that you'll check out? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I I grew up on Wii Sports, um, so yeah. I'm definitely getting this. Um, and this this game is actually the game that prompted me to uh, get Ali a Switch, um, mm -hmm. so we would both have one, so we could play together. Um, so absolutely. But I I do have a couple questions. Sure. Um, one, what are those freaks that are not me's? Oh, me too. What are they? We need a new term. Are they me too? Are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke in poor taste um so basically they are just you know nintendo ish avatars i guess they're kind of inspired by me's they had um you kind of went into like a character creator but it wasn't fully featured the only thing that you could do was randomize and i think there was probably like a dozen templates of characters that you could create but they're basically yeah. a replacement for me's it is weird that they're not there that does feel like synonymous with switch sports but honestly it's something that I thought about while I was picking the actual, like, character. I was like, oh, I wish I could create my guy. It's weird that they're not me's. And then once I was playing the game, I wasn't thinking about that whatsoever. 
Which there are Mies in this game though, because we saw them in the trailer. I don't but think we so. also saw these freaks. I think I, it's only I'm, freaks. I'm ninety nine percent sure we saw it in the trailer. Uh, we saw We'll memes. find out. Either we'll way, find out on but I think the freaks are 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 just terrible. The worst they, part of the game. They remind me of it. um you know what they remind me of? It's the the Xbox, the original Xbox three sixty avatars. Oh, when the yeah. when the Wii was making the splash with Mies and that was like the big hype is like you gotta make a little guy that's cute and looks like you. This is what those yeah. look like. I remember I used to go on my Xbox and you'd see all your friends on the dashboard and you'd see them all mm -hmm. like passed out sleeping because they hadn't logged in in a while. <laughs> it was pretty good. I liked that for the Xbox 360 avatars. I remember I bought the R2-D2 edition 360 and I think it came with like a downloadable Millennium Falcon. So my guy would sit there and the Millennium Falcon would buzz around his head. Very cool. That's cool. Very cool. Um, but yeah, Switch Sports is like highly on my radar now. Is is there a difference? I, I know you didn't play it, but to you, what is the difference between badminton and tennis? I understand they're different sports in real life, but mechanically, in a Wii Sports game, yeah, what is the difference? It's a good question, like, and I honestly can't speak to it that much. I've only played badminton probably... Actually, I've played a lot of badminton in my life. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you can't bounce, so you have to just like volley it. It's, like a, it's called a birdie, and it's like a weird little... Yeah thing that uh, I, like I have no idea yeah, how to describe yeah. that thing but i think it's going to be strikingly similar it feels like that's the lowest effort one that they're throwing in there because yeah. it definitely feels it but it would also feel weird if that shipped without tennis on there as weird as it feels to have it there in addition to tennis because if you shipped yeah. it without tennis you'd be like well this is basically just tennis and now that you have tennis it's like well i already have tennis so I, I don't think there's too much to it, but who knows? Maybe that's the sleeper hit and everyone's playing badminton. Who knows? So do you pronounce do you the N in badminton? Badminton? Nah, badminton. No. Write in and tell us. <laughs> do you think the reason they put badminton in is just because if they put the original sports of like uh, baseball and stuff, people would get mad because it's nothing new? Maybe. That'd be like instead of baseball you get softball <laughs> t-ball yeah. was, was baseball in wii sports yeah i don't think i yeah, ever played it was it in resort it was so fun i don't know if it was in resort but i know it was in wii sports hmm. Hmm. not my jam not my jam big bowling guy big golf guy big tennis guy boxing a little bit yeah so freaking matt always kicked my butt in boxing oh matt remember matt i know yeah. i know matt Matt absolute Menace. scumbag absolute also, me but truly a me legend do you think i could we could like get married and the the switch garter be the the garter in the wedding without a doubt without a doubt but i'm wearing I mean, it it's an option <laughs> i'm wearing uh, it. yeah we both we both wear one <laughs> yeah. too funny too funny all right uh you checked out dying light too yes is this yes. true and I loved it. I I, I enjoyed it. it a lot. I did. I think that was the second game that came out. No, the, that was the first game that came out this month. I'm telling you, February's been a crazy month, so I'm having a hard time keeping my dates up. Yeah, um, February's legendary. February 2022. Yeah. But it actually came out at a time when it was all snowy, so school was out. Mm -hmm. um, I sound like a high schooler when I say that, but... Um, <laughs> School is out, so I got to grind through this game in a couple days. Uh, mm -hmm. I rolled credits. I think it was really fun. 
much better than the first one a perfect evolution to the dying light formula well perfect's a stretch but it was a super fun zombie game that i think uh i think it kind of got overshadowed again by all the other big hits this month for sure but it's it's fun just parkour and across town it's fun it's yeah. just dumb fun i get it um i mean it looks like not to knock on horizon or anything like that but it looks like more of the same from Dying Light 1. Is there, is there anything that really sets this one apart from the first Dying Light? What's, what's different to you? I will say, I think the reason I like this one more than the first one is the first game was a lot of browns and grays and, mm. and just drab colors. Um, and I know colors isn't like a big difference in the formula, but it just made the world feel more alive and more vibrant. And I, I think subliminally... Sublim that's a big word um i think it sent a message of like i just enjoy this more because it has more life to it um sure. but truly there's there's no huge evolution over the first game uh there are small improvements and small differences uh the story's all right i don't hate the story lots of people hate the story at the end but it was good i think the biggest problem with this game is they introduced all these like special infected and they mm -hmm. never utilized them well enough um interesting the nighttime in this game is much less scary than the nighttime in the first game which i think made that game really special was there any um any emphasis on ranged combat or is it all melee there are crossbows and bows um but there's no there, guns in this game no guns in in the world evidently they ran out of ammo so they just they don't have guns they ran out of ammo huh. um that's so, an interesting yeah, twist no on i guess on the typical zombie fare yeah and and the bows are really punchy like the bows feel pretty good um, yeah they're not like uh the the shooting mechanics themselves aren't great but just releasing that bow and hearing it like thud into something it, it yeah just feels that's really always good. satisfying always yeah. satisfying nice is that all you got on a game that you beat um I, I i don't yeah. know how you've done in the last 30 days you crunched out dying light 2 horizon and your unlimited hours into elden ring uh, yeah 50 wild. hours into elden ring as it's of wild today. oh i'm embarrassed yeah. i have more hours and i'm lower level and i've done less in elden <laughs> ring. too crazy uh, too yeah crazy. i i grinded and i will say i did kind of mainline um horizon specifically just because i needed to get through it um critical so path baby opinion on it yeah but nice. i'm still working on it on the side yeah hell yeah makes yeah. sense it's a good game um, dying light's a good game don't 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 take the wrong message it's a good sounds game. It's, sounds uh, great <laughs> yeah it's just it's just got so much competition yeah for sure it's it's definitely sound i heard a lot about dying light leading up to the release because it took like seven years to release or something like that yeah and then I heard a lot about it for the week that it came out. And then I don't think I've heard, I don't think anyone in the world has actually said the words dying light too for the last week and a half until this very podcast. So you're all welcome. I think you're right. Dying light Two developers reach out. Techland. <laughs> I'll play it. Hit me up with a sponsorship. You know it. Um, I checked out a game that made a pretty fucking gigantic bubble this, uh, mm. this month in lost Ark. Um, what do you know about Lost Ark? 
I know it's a game that I will never play. <laughs> so <laughs> it is. It's, it's an MMO, but it's an isometric view that plays out like a hack and slash, kind of similar to Diablo, Diablo? gameplay-wise. The big hook here is that Amazon Games funded it to bring it out worldwide. It already existed in, I think, Korea is where it started, and it's been popular there for a couple of years. Um, but it just got its big worldwide release with a big push from Amazon. And I think part of the reason why so many people checked this out is, A, it was free, and B, Amazon put their money where their fucking mouth was. Obviously, Amazon runs the show when it comes to Twitch and live streaming for the most part. So they really did a lot of cross-promotional stuff with uh, Twitch drops and Twitch ads and things like that. But the mm -hmm. fact that there's a pretty full-featured MMO that's extremely popular that you can hop into for free and play with anybody that you'd like is pretty incredible. The game is really, really solid. It is far better than expected. Um, being that it's free-to-play, it does have some pretty predatory uh, microtransactions built in. I wouldn't say that it's quite pay-to-win, but if you don't like grinding and uh, doing everything uh, looking like a buster then you might want to throw a couple dollars into it so you can get yourself a cool mount or a nice weapon or some upgrade things. The amount of systems that are layered into this game are absolutely insane. I fell off of it mostly because my allegiance to loss uh, to MMOs kind of is already solidified in Final Fantasy XIV. It'd be a tough sell to yeah. get me off of it. But I definitely enjoyed jumping in and checking it out and playing with friends and the fact that Final Fantasy XIV can be a tough sell for my circle of friends because there's such a barrier of gameplay time to catch up to the end game. And the fact that Lost Ark is everyone starting from, you know, square one with zero entry fee is pretty good. Pretty good. And this game was absolutely gigantic. It immediately shot up to the second most concurrent players ever on Steam. So it had a hell of a launch. The question now is, does it retain those people? I, I don't know how many are going to be like me that kind of already fell off. I'd be interested to see where those numbers are as we go. But I think this isn't the last that we talk about Lost Ark, if I were to guess. That's for sure. See, I, I will say their marketing must have missed me because I had no idea it was free to play. I thought you had mm. to pay for it. No shit. Um, they did have a, no a pretty idea. pretty slick thing where they launched it in like an early access. You could get in there three days early if you bought a Founders Pack, and the Founders Pack was you know from a hundred dollars all the way down to fifteen dollars. So as long as you put in a little bit of money into the machine, you could hop in and play it a couple days early, which I did because I'm a sucker and I can't wait for anything. But um, that's fair. Definitely worth checking out if you're into MMOs. If you like a hack and slash like Diablo, if you're sitting there waiting for Diablo Immortal for five years and you want something to kind of scratch that itch, there might be something in it for you. But overall, pretty pretty cool video game. What you're saying is uh, Amazon made two games that are unpopular for a week and then they die after that? We'll like see. In the span of, what, three months? We'll see. Like no, I think, I think this one is going to have uh, better legs than New World, for sure. I think they learned a thing or two with that launch. Seems like they've uh, corrected a little bit. All right, we've talked a lot about new releases, and I think that's kind of all of the big guys that we played for February so far. Let's talk about the classics. Not so much the classics, yeah. but the things that we were playing that uh, didn't come out this year. Outside of my normal rotation of games, I, you know what? Let me throw it to you, because I'm more excited about what you've been playing than what I was playing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been playing uh, NBA 2K... 22 the fuck 20, out of here 
I'm <laughs> no. Uh, I've been playing Chrono Trigger. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Yes. Chrono Trigger. I, I yes. also I keep wanting to say Chrono Cross just because it's fresh on my mind from that direct. Oh, we'll get there, um, baby. But yeah, I've been playing Chrono Trigger on my Vita. Don't ask me how. Um, but it has been really fun. I I've really enjoyed it so far. The characters are goofy. The story's kind of goofy. Um, it's just got a very unique uh, attitude about itself. Um, this is it, it's definitely one of the most interesting old like JRPGs that I've played in terms Dude. of the battle system. Yes, and yeah, yes, the the like live battles is that like the first occurrence of live battles in a JRPG? I don't think so, but I'm pretty sure to date it is the best version of it the the way yeah. that you do like a turn-based battle system but your positioning on the field matters and the groups of enemies that you're facing all come into play is just incredible let me let me just backtrack a little bit and ask you how did you decide to start playing chrono trigger outside of me telling you you gotta play chrono trigger for the last year you know i think it was i i actually can't remember if i started playing this before or after the Nintendo Direct. I think yeah. it was before. Um, but it's just been something that's been on my list for a long time. Min Max did a deepest dive of it for, uh, mm -hmm. a while back. And I just saw my Vita sitting there gathering dust. And I'm like, I should really play that. I should play it more often. Um, so I, I decided to, in, in my free time, in my free time, a.k.a. Uh, the hour before I go to bed, laying in my bed. go to It's sleep, a good like bedtime bed. stories type of game. Yeah, and it, it's very low, like... I don't have to think about it very much. I just kind of yeah. smack X the For sure. entire time. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's worth noting yeah. that, like, I am not an old-school Chrono Trigger fan. When it came out, I was still pretty young, and I hadn't kind of checked out games like that. It took a while. I did, the first Final Fantasy that I really, like, played upon release was Final Fantasy X. So that gives you an idea of kind of when I was jumping into RPGs. And this game is a Super Nintendo 16-bit RPG. So I actually only played yeah. this game for the first time, like, within the last two years. And it just immediately jumped to the top of my list. Let me, before we get too far into this, how far into Chrono Trigger are you? How many, like, hours? I just reached the end of time. Hmm. So not, not super, not far, far at all. Yeah. Um, Things are starting to pick up for you. All right. Yeah. It's, it moves very quickly. Like, it does. The story yeah. as a whole moves fast. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, I think with Chrono Trigger, we don't have much from episode one to episode two. We're not doing much follow-up as far as games. I feel like we were kind of one and done on a lot of what we were playing at that point. There isn't much overlap, yeah. but for Chrono Trigger, I would love to make this a little bit more of like a recurring segment, especially the way that you're playing it, where this is like near and dear to my heart and definitely falls in my top 10 games of all time. Mm -hmm. I think it would be fun where you're probably only going to be biting off like, you know, an extra 10 hours every month or so as you yeah. go through we'll kind of check in on where you're at in chrono trigger and then once you wrap it up we'll kind of we'll, we'll go a little further in depth yeah on chrono yeah trigger. i'm down for that for sure nice uh i've got one that i've been checking out lately that i really really dig i had what i would call probably the wildest stream that i've ever done because i checked out this game called sayonara wild hearts <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about this video game uh, I know it was on Apple Arcade for a while and I played yeah. it there mm -hmm. and I, I thought it was pretty fun. I only played like five levels and then I deleted it or something. I don't know. You probably really got halfway well. through the game if you played five levels. I think the fact that it kind of came out as a 
Apple Arcade game first and then got ported elsewhere or was, you know, initially pushed as an Apple Arcade exclusive is a disservice to it because this game benefits yeah. from being played in a, a dark room with its bright lights and it's like futuristic sounds. Uh, yeah. Not so much futuristic. It's kind of, uh, l- let me do a better job of explaining what this game is. I believe it is defined as a visual or a playable album. So it's all original music. There's like six or seven tracks that sound like something that you would hear on the radio. And then there's another dozen tracks that are all like instrumental that kind of have that same flow. And essentially you go through and it's a rhythm action game, but the rhythm action kind of evolves over time. It starts off very simple. It's almost like an on rails sort of like side scrolling runner. And then it adds layers of like jumping or maneuvering or hitting buttons like in a mashing format or hitting them to the rhythm of the beat. Eventually you can shoot. Um, Sometimes it's 2D, sometimes it's 3D, sometimes it's Galaga-like. It is extremely fun to play and the entire game is like 50 minutes long. It's very much like a single experience. Um, Developed by Annapurna, which is kind of how I was turned on to it, which I've been on a little bit of a kick from last month when we talked about Outer Wilds. I've been all in on these sort of smaller games these like bite-sized experiences which are super fun to just grab for a night i would recommend checking this game out the same way that you would kind of plan for like a movie um i would guess like what remains of edith finch which you've played right yeah yeah the same way like you would recommend that of like oh i kind of feel like watching a movie you could play this game instead and have like that good of a time it really just lends itself to a single night experience but super fun, really catchy tunes uh, in the world of avoiding DMCA claims. It's great stuff to play on stream. It's got all the right vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game that is honestly, as I discuss it, I find extremely tough to talk about. It's one of those show don't tell type of video games. It's, yeah, it's I'd recommend experience. checking out a trailer, listening to the music. If you're into the music whatsoever, give it a play. It's, I think it was like $13. What I ended up doing is I, what I ended up doing was grabbing it on a steam sale for like six bucks because I had heard about it before and then played it through while I was sitting there and then said to myself, I got to stream this. So I double dipped and went and bought it on the switch (laughs) so I could stream (laughs) it easier um, directly from my home console. What a time to be alive, but honestly, super, super fun video game. I can't recommend it enough. If it was the year that it came out, it would honestly probably make my game of the year list. It's it's a really cool standalone adventure. And as a Platinum Hunter, I bet you could knock that out in an evening as well. No, you you right know, here. since you played it, I actually looked that up, and it's it's on a list of me to play in the future to get the Platinum. Yeah, get your 1,000 points. Get your gamer cred up, bro. It's on my wish list. Once it, once it goes on sale again, I'll pick it up. <laughs> I will. Nice. I, I have plans for it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the, the beefy conversation of the evening we've been playing elden ring along with the rest of the world you know i don't think we're very unique here so if you're listening to this we're the we're not unique 35th elden ring conversation that you've heard in the last six days uh i hope to bring something new to the table and if it's all right with you i want to start with kind of my journey to get here to elden ring i've already talked in this very episode about how i don't love open world games and i certainly don't like very difficult games but goddamn, something about the hype of Elden Ring since the, was it Game Awards or Summer Game Fest that Elden Ring reappeared like a year and a half ago or a year ago? 
think it was Summer Games Fest. One of those Keeley events. And yeah. I understand the hype for it. I understand the hype for FromSoft games. And I had already always seen them. And I've heard the, you know, conversations behind them. Everyone loves how difficult they are and how unique they are and how morbid they are. And it just kind of always felt like it wasn't for me. So as this game's hype started to build, I wanted in on it not even like on the game itself. I wanted in on the hype. I like video games. As you guys can tell from listening to this podcast, I'm all about being marketed to. And let me tell you, with Elden Ring, they did a damn fine job. So in order to do so, I needed to train myself up for this moment. So it started off kind of as like a bit for my stream of, all right, Jake's really bad at video games. We watched him struggle through Kingdom Hearts 2 and die to the same (laughs) boss 35 times. And that kind of thing... I streamed the Kingdom Hearts games on Saturday nights with some of my close friends and the things that they would deem unfit for a stream or unfit for a gamer are the things that I didn't mind. I didn't mind running my face into the same boss with a very similar strategy 35 times in a row and not coming out victorious because of that moment that I actually did would make me feel absolutely incredible. So with Elden yeah. Ring, I decided I'd go back, back in time and I would, uh, I would just go and try out some of the old FromSoft games. So I started with Bloodborne, which was maybe the wrong call. And I streamed it one night, and I said, all right, I get it. I couldn't beat the first boss, but I, I get why people like this. And let me tell you, that experience lived in my head rent-free. I thought time and time again about going back to Bloodborne and doing it right. And I did a little bit more research on FromSoft, and I said, you know what? Let me do it with Dark Souls. So I went back yep. and I tried Dark Souls 3. I think I grabbed it from Amazon for like 13 bucks. Give it a go. So I got through Dark Souls stream, Dark Souls 3, and I did beat that boss. And Yeah, you got two that time, didn't you? I got like the tutorial boss, and then I got like the actual first boss. Who's the first yeah. boss of Dark Souls? It's the big... Uh, I know what it is. It's Vort. Vort? Vort. Vort, because yeah. I named my... Vort, uh, the Boreal Valley. Oh, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, I named my starter Pokemon Vort because I was so proud of myself for overcoming him. And yeah. again, that victory lived in my head rent-free. And I thought about Dark Souls when I wasn't playing it for months after. Up until about a week and a half ago, I still, I still wasn't sold on the actual way that these games play and what they're asking me to do. And I didn't know if this is something that I could actually like go and complete. I kept on feeling like I was being held up. And that it would be like a blocker at some point where I would be physically incapable of completing this video game. I gave Dark Souls one last shot the week before Elden Ring came out. And I cleared another two bosses. And I think at that point it was solidified. I was like, you know what? I'm in. Let's play some fucking Elden Ring. And I did. And let me tell you, I have been beyond satisfied so far. Tell me about your FromSoft history. And tell me about your initial impressions of Elden Ring. Uh, so my FromSoft history starts all the way back at Dark Souls 2 um, okay. on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played Dark Souls 2 on the PS3, got probably like 80% of the way through with it, and then never beat it. I don't know why. Yep. Dark Souls 2 is kind of like the dark horse of the series. Hmm. Um, or the uh, the black sheep. Yeah, black Miyazaki cow. didn't produce that or didn't direct that game, if that's if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was I think it was the co-director on Elden Ring that directed that game. Um, Interesting. And it I don't want to go off on a tangent on Elden on Dark Souls 2, but it was a very um 
it tried really hard to do new things and it was limited by the tech at the time but it was still a good game probably not the best dark souls though um then we got around to dark souls 3 loved it beat it multiple times i never play games multiple times but i went through that like new game plus and stuff mm -hmm. um adored it uh and then i skipped out on bloodborne it's just I think because of Dark Souls, the way I play Dark Souls is hiding behind a shield, being a coward. I couldn't deal with all the parrying in uh, Bloodborne. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of skipped out on it, and I never I never went back to it. Uh, and then Sekiro, I played when it came out, and I adore it. And I'm stuck on the last boss fight to this day just because I got distracted with other games and I never went Brutal. back. Um, but more or less, I, I love Souls games. Um, and I, I play... Since then, I, I've played all of them. Not all of them to completion, but I've played Demon Souls, especially the new remake, uh, which is wonderful, um, and Dark Souls 1. Um, and then going into Elden Ring, I was hyped for it, but I was one of the like, quiet hype people. I didn't really talk much about it, just because like, mm -hmm. it's a Souls game. I, I knew what to expect, I, I thought. Um, and I was excited to play it. I was going to get it. I, I had a pre-order for it. And... Uh, once it came in and we started playing it, it it hit different than most Souls games in in the best way possible. Huh. Interesting. I think yeah. with Elden Ring, I, I go back and forth on if I'm happy that it's an open world or if it's not. Because in some ways, I do enjoy what I tried, at least, of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and kind of like the linear progression. But in other ways, this kind of hits a little point of like what I enjoy so much about Zelda Breath of the Wild. I yeah. dig just kind of tuning out a little bit and just running in a certain direction and seeing what calls to me in that world. It's extremely, yeah. extremely fun to go out there and explore. Almost as fun as it is to go out there and ram my face into a boss that I can't beat. And I think we've done this the exact right way in the format for this little podcast or the show here in that you and I have talked a lot about this, but not vocally not in person we've talked about it via discord via text and we've played together by just like communications in game and via text so now we're actually here kind of talking about that shared experience for the first time which i think is the exact right way to do it when we're sharing a gaming experience now that we have this format in which to speak yeah. um that's kind of been the most surprising thing because in my limited experience, like I said, for FromSoft games, I've probably played a cumulative five or six hours of these games and they were definitely all solo. So I had no idea what the co-op part of these video games were about. And goddamn, is it a cool way to put things together? Um, yeah. It is still very much a single player experience, but the way that it works is if you're in a designated area where there's like a boss to fight or a dungeon to progress through, you can summon another player into your world and use them as like basically your assist to progress through things that are challenging or that require two people. And Colin and I have done that a lot, <laughs> quite a, lot, a bit. Yeah, and, I, and I've been super happy with it. And it makes, it makes things like interesting in that it's very much when somebody comes to assist you, you are getting far more out of that assisted experience than the person that's entered your world. So yeah. what we find ourselves doing is we'll kind of be on the same track loosely or I'll say, hey, I'm having trouble on this boss. And he'll say, oh, I haven't 
check that boss out. And I'll go, okay, well, it's here. And I'll send him a picture of the map and he'll navigate his way there. And then I'll call him in for the assist. We'll check out that boss together. And then we'll do it the other way around where once we've cleared it on my end, he'll call me in and he and I will then go and trounce that boss for a second time for, for better or worse. Sometimes it goes uh, <laughs> better in one way yeah. than another. But had you done co-op before that in any of the FromSoft games? No, I haven't. I played them all solo before. Oh, fucking gamer time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them. Pretty good. <laughs> um, it, yeah. What other differences? So, so coming from somebody who really doesn't know all that much about those previous entries, what do you see as the biggest differences outside of the obvious ones, the open world in Elden Ring versus Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Demon Souls? That's all well, of them, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's a very interesting position because... If if we compare Elden Ring, it, it best compares to Dark Souls uh, and Demon Souls um, yep. in the way that combat works and you know your stats work and stuff. Um, and it's very like melee based, but then there's magic that's extremely overpowered over on this side. Um, but what Elden Ring does a really good job of is it merges the magic players and the melee players with the arts of war. I've never used magic in a Souls game before, but I'm using magic on this playthrough just a little bit as like my secondary. Interesting. Uh, and and it's 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 teaching me new things about these games. Um and it, it does a really good job of presenting bosses that are nearly impossible to beat with your tried and true method, right? I have yeah. to do new things. I have to try new things sometimes to defeat a boss because I just I can't get it with the sword and shield that I have. Um, and I would say Bloodborne, Bloodborne's much more of a parrying game. Um, and, uh, Sekiro, Sekiro, you don't have a shield, but you can block with your, your sword and there's like yep. a stamina gauge. The stamina gauge carries over, or I'm sorry, your poise, um, like, uh, I don't know it's 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 a gauge that's hidden in elden ring but it's very visible on on sekiro so you can see hmm. when you're going to break their posture that's the word i'm looking for your oh, posture okay. gauge interesting um yeah so like whenever we stun bosses that's when we break their posture from that hidden gauge mm -hmm. um but in sekiro that was like the thing is you break their posture and do the heavy crits instead of i got it just whittling them down um but elden ring Obviously, the open world has changed a lot of things. Uh, yeah. the, the original formula, I would say, is much more curated. Like, you're much more on a path that you they know when you're going to reach here at about what level you're going to be when you reach that area. And it's mm -hmm. much more like a puzzle piece that they specifically laid there, right? It's, it, it's, it's much more planned out. But since Elden Ring is such a big open world with such wild things to do and wild places to go, um, you can get yourself into some big trouble out of nowhere just wandering in the wrong direction. Um, Certainly seems that way. Yeah, yeah. And I think truly it it is the perfect evolution into open world for these games. Um, yeah. It, I don't know how they could have done it better in the open world. It feels it feels like a game that was meant to be played in an open world because you definitely end up in situations where probably myself more than others, I constantly run into bosses and things in the world where I'm like, all right, clearly I'm not supposed to be here yet. And I'll just take off in another direction and say, okay, yeah. maybe maybe this area is easier or I can level up a little bit and then go try that dude again. 
which lends itself really nicely. I will say, I watching streamers play Elden Ring, it. I know I shouldn't be, but it's so frustrating to watch people bash their head in against a boss that's like thirty levels out of their yeah, range. I'm like, sure. just go go somewhere else. You're, yeah, you're causing harm to yourself. Just go somewhere else. That's what this game's about. In mm-hmm. the old games, you couldn't really do that. You just had to grind up souls running a route over and over and over. But this game opens up so many different avenues of play styles and just different experiences because you're going to experience things in different ways than I am. And like, even last night, you were like, hey, have you beat this boss yet? And I'm like, I think so. I finished that area, but I don't yeah. remember it. Turns out I hadn't finished that area. It was just a little, a little path off the side that I completely missed. So let's talk a little bit about that because experiencing the game in a way that's different than other players gives me a little bit of that like fear of missing out feeling and it kind of irks me. I feel like we could sit here and have the same conversation that everybody else is having about Elden Ring and praise it over and over for everything that it does well, but I feel like that conversation is already out there in the world. So maybe Mm -hmm. at the risk of just focusing on negativity some of the problems that i have with it or some of the things that make me feel like i'm lesser than in this game really frustrate me so i want to kind of take a trip down that you know into that area of the conversation and one of the things that like really frustrates me about the game so far is it makes me feel bad about doing things incorrectly and there's very little guidance on how to do things correctly there's this like overwhelming sense of you're fucking this up. You shouldn't have spent this on that. You shouldn't have used those upgrade tokens and now you can't get that. Oh, sorry, you sold this thing that was only available to you once. And if you want it back, go start a new save file type of thing, yeah. which has been really frustrating to me. And it, it's not a deal breaker by any means or anything, but it definitely is something that doesn't sit that well with me. Uh, one of like the I think the most like clear examples of this is in the game you can leave notes for other players online to see. The way that it works is you basically have like a gigantic message section where you can pick templates and pick words. You can't just type out a message verbatim, but you can leave these notes that you can see in the world that came from other players. And one of the things that happens to me consistently is I'll walk into a new environment where an NPCs are. So I'll I'll give you an example. I walk into this castle and there's two dudes sitting at a table. And then at this table, there's an additional three chairs. And in front of one of these chairs that's empty is this note about how much they like this character or like some attributes about this character. And that character is just not there for me or not there for me yet. So I walk in and I'm like, all right, cool. What the fuck did I do wrong? And it is Mm -hmm. extremely frustrating because this honestly... I get the replayability here in the way that you can do things, but it does make me feel like I've done bad or I've done wrong. Um, have you noticed a lot of that? Is that common fare for the Souls games? Um, I First off, I completely agree. Um, I think that as good as this game is, it's not above criticism. Um, and I love this game, so don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, I... I experienced that and just before this show you know i was talking to you about i'm making a list of missable things that i have to get before i get myself locked out of the platinum Mm. trophy um and that is very much how these games are is if you miss a conversation somewhere before you beat a boss you'll be locked out of something yeah um and i 
I hate that because I'm a completionist and I want to complete it, but I don't have 400 hours to play through this game four different times, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I I adore this game and I think it does what it does very well, but I also wish that the Souls games as a whole had a little bit more player direction. Like sure. I know what that this game is getting praised for not giving you direction and letting you do whatever you want to, and I love that. But I I need like at least like a a list of like X things that I like if yeah. there's twelve legendary weapons in the game, I want to know if I've gotten four out of twelve of those or something like that. Just because yeah. there's so much stuff missable. I just want a small indicator. I'm not asking for a Ubisoft like list stuff like we were talking about in Horizon earlier. I I'm just completely need to know you. if I'm missing something. There's there is a stunningly small amount of like trackable in-game information for a game that is rich and heavy in the amount of things that it's asking you to do or the things that you can do. And it's extremely yeah. frustrating. The fact that there's there's zero quest journal. Uh, I have like a little scribble pad over here that is filled with notes that honestly, after 10 hours, I look at the notes and it looks like fucking gibberish where I'm like, well, I don't <laughs> even know what I was talking about when I wrote that down, nor do I know who to turn that into or who was looking for that item or when it was. And then I go back yeah. to where I thought it was and that person's not there anymore. They're now in this location. And it just kind of adds to the frustration. It would be nice if we had the opportunity to do things a little bit differently. And it's tough to tell. As a complete package, it really is. It's so fulfilling and it's so good. And honestly, spoiler alert, this is my game of the year so far. And this is the most fun that I've had in a video game in a, an extremely long time. And it's tough to tell with all of these criticisms that I have, if they added this, what it would take away. You know, it's it's a big world of what ifs. In the long run, the good outweighs the bad in a gigantic way. However, I, it, like you were saying, it, it still can be criticized in some ways. But, I yeah. mean, in the long run, we're fucking nitpicking here, for sure. Because yeah, this, is, absolutely. this is the total package, if I've ever, if I've ever played one. It is, and it, it it's such a fun game, just the sense of discovery and stuff. I, I understand that you can make the argument of if there were these lists to keep up with stuff, the sense of discovery would be taken away. Um, mm -hmm. But I I just need, I need something yeah. at all. Like, this is how all Souls games have been, but in the past it hasn't been this bad because it's not been stuck into a giant open world. The I... Sorry, I, uh, continue. I, it, no, you're fine. I, I, if I do a quest line, and I go to the first area, and then I go to the second area, and I go to a third area, I don't expect to go back to the second area to do more of that quest line, right? Mm. I expect to go on to the fourth area, but since the world is so open, I could easily miss the fact that the quest line actually went back to the second area, right? Um, so I just need some sort of indicator of like, Hey, you remember that pot that you saw earlier? Well, actually now he's back where he was instead yeah. of where he said he was going. So it's, there are issues, but in the end, I love this game and I, For sure. I, I, I love it. It's so fun and I'm going to keep playing it, but yeah, there are some I, things that I just wish that it had. Let's do a little bit of like, um, just individual set, set the pace for kind of where we're at in the game. Uh, yeah. I have put in 63 hours and I'm level 70. Where are you okay. at? 
I put in what did I say fifty earlier? Yeah, fifty I... hours, and I'm level eighty-two. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> That's so embarrassing to me, fake gamer boy. <laughs> um, but I could just go show you. You can do things at your own pace. Um, one of the things about the open world, when we were talking about like the journal and the stat tracking and the things that there are there and things that are not there. The, the worst thing that happened is like basically you have the same thing that you can do in Breath of the Wild as far as like your map and markers and icons go. So you can sort of designate like you can put a gem over this cave where it's like, okay, there's treasure in here that I couldn't get. You can indicate to yourself this thing. You're also one button tap away from hitting the button one. that removes all markers. So like 40 hours into the game, I was just sitting here at like six in the morning after like a 12 hour play session and I fucking hit that button and I deleted everything <laughs> that I had marked on the map God, so far. It was cry. the most devastating thing that's like ever happened to me in a video game. It didn't stop me whatsoever, but it made my fucking heart sink. But after talking oh. about all the negativity, I will just touch upon the fact that there are moments in this game when you overcome a boss or you beat something difficult that feels so so incredible the way that i described it to you just when i was typing to you after beating something is that beating a boss in this game makes me feel better than rolling credits in almost any other game so the fact mm -hmm. that you have this overwhelming sense of accomplishment multiple times throughout a playthrough versus having just that one sense of accomplishment when you actually like finish a video game is what really sets it apart for me and that's the thing about souls that i didn't understand until i hopped yeah. in to like dark souls 3 this isn't new for elden ring but this is what sold me on the experience basically is that sense of accomplishment it really is unrivaled and it it digs into something like almost primal in us in our in our genes that's overcoming adversity you know and and for as low as you get whenever you're fighting those bosses as frustrated as you get it just slingshots you to an extreme high whenever you beat Gives that boss because the, the good chemical yeah <laughs> at, the lower you get the higher you get whenever you finally overcome that boss um and it's it's an amazing feeling that yeah. i understand why a lot of people don't stick it out because they don't they don't go through the lows to get to the high, right? They just kind of quit when they're like, wow, that's boss. I'll never beat this boss. I, uh, you can. You just keep at it. I hopped off of a flight on Friday night, got home at 1130, and I said, I can do a couple hours of Elden Ring. And I had left on this <laughs> boss that had trounced me for about an hour already. I'd probably tried him 15 times. I sat there until about 630 in the morning trying this boss i think overall it took me about eight hours to beat him which i think even by elden ring and difficult boss standards is like not normal again i'm uh, not good at video games and this is something that absolutely devastated me and i had these down moments of like this game isn't even good i'm like this isn't fun and yet i still could not break away from just getting it done it was like the lower that i got the more that i needed to to finish it and the fact that i was able to stay there and endure it and then make it happen was yeah. one of the most satisfying things ever i think i described it on stream the other night but when i fucking finally beat this dude my whole body tensed up and i fucking i made a noise like i don't think i've ever uh, 
like he had, like full he had to change his pants after that full body like i couldn't believe it it was a primal fucking <laughs> roar that i let out at 6 30 in the morning after a seven hour game session and eight hours of fucking flying across the country it was absolutely incredible and not something that's ever been provided to me by any other video game it was yeah truly fucking insane and i will say also that boss totally, can get fucked you were totally under leveled for that boss i Where, i didn't beat him till i was like level 70 or something <laughs> but um yeah no it's it that's the thing about these games is learning the skills learning the bosses their moves what's yeah. gonna happen you can predict everything by seeing like four frames of their arm pull back you know exactly what's gonna happen mm -hmm. and it's just beating those and 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 do being better and yeah i will say one of the best experiences i had playing this game so far was just last night we were playing and uh no spoilers but it was uh it was this horse dude that that was bad <laughs> he was he was a different horse dude but it was a bad horse about. dude it was a bad horse dude and kind of different we, than what you're thinking about yeah we were sitting there trying to fight this guy and I was sitting there, Jake had a plan of he was going to put rot on him, which is like a status effect that deals damage over time. And I was like, okay, I'll help with the rot, and then I'll stick something on my sword to to imbue the rot as well to build up that gauge quicker. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I can do that on my sword, but I also have these poison darts that I can throw at him, and then I can put poison on him at the same time as we have rot, and it'll do like double tick damage. Yeah. So we did that. And and there were there were times when we died. We fought that probably what ten times for both of yeah, us. Yeah, about I, I think probably world. like probably ten times for me, probably five times for you. Yeah, something like that. And and there were times when we died because we just got hit by cheap shots. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. That boss was kind of, he 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 was a cheap shot king. Yeah, it's um, much bullshit. Yeah, but uh, in the end, we had our strat and it worked. And like we were just synergizing in combat. Whenever I saw Jake took a hit. I would rush in and take the aggro away so he would have time to heal up. And then when I got a hit, Jake would rush in, take the aggro, and I could heal up. And it was just, it was like, it was like playing Pong back and forth. And the boss was yeah. the ball going back and forth between us. For sure. It's there is this, like, the co op thing. Uh, we talked about it a little bit at the start of this conversation, but I think it's worth noting again that there is this, like, crazy flow that you develop that it's almost it's more fun like i've summoned other people like randoms into my world as well and despite us not even like verbally speaking and communicating outside of like texts in between each instance of the battle as we retry things you do find a rhythm with your co-op partner of like yeah. i think it is way more fun to take down a boss with you in particular because we've taken down so many bosses together because we both have an idea of how each other's characters work and gameplay yep. style like you've seen me die in the same stupid way a hundred times <laughs> and i've seen you do the same moves to do the final blow on a boss a hundred times yeah. and there's something to like okay he's on the left i'm on the right he goes in this guy starts casting a fireball at him and i know the faster that i get over there and hit him his attention will come to me which means he'll stop yep. casting the fireball on him which will give him the opportunity to heal and then he can come in rinse and repeat and you just yep. you have this rhythm that it feels like you're doing a fucking ballet out there like in the middle of a it battlefield is. to the point of again that that feeling of overcoming it like you'll have these mishaps where 
we were so close we almost had him and then he dies because I didn't hit the guy fast enough and he cast that fireball that extra time and I know exactly why it happened and I make a fucking mental note of it and I go that won't happen again because now I understand like it is yep. it is such a delicate balance that they strike but such a satisfying one it really is just it is too much fun the game is yeah. highly addictive I recommend it to everybody if you're like me and you are not a Souls fan just if you like playing video games play this video game do yeah. what it's asking of you it really and it really is worth it the juice is worth the squeeze it is and my my one tip is just if you feel underpowered go somewhere else for sure you don't have to bash your head in i promise you I promise. but also you can and when you do you actually can. beat it you'll feel fantastic you will feel guilt it does feel better to beat a boss on the 10th try than it does to beat him on the first try i will say yeah but you know for sure for sure i don't know if that's actually true nah i'd I'd say it's a wash rocking in the the problem with it is that there's varying degrees of beating a boss on the first try because sometimes you'll walk in and the boss takes like seven slashes because you missed him and you know you were supposed to fight him in your level 20 and your level 70 you just smite him down and other times you kind of like hype yourself up you're like okay this is yeah. where i'm supposed to be i'm on this quest this this boss is probably going to be a shit show let's see what he's about and then you get in there and you fucking one take timmy it Ooh. Mm-hmm. and it, it is a thing of like if you know like you're the level for that boss but you're just better at that point yeah. like mentally and like game systems wise then that does feel really really good um, mm-hmm. But then if it's like a dungeon that you missed at the very start of the game where you hit him four times and he's dead, that, you know, that's just, that's just another normal enemy at that point. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. It um, It's it's a game about highs and lows and the rewards that you get when you beat the for boss. For sure. Which makes is, me feel shittier than some games. Makes me feel way better than others. Like it, it is, yeah. it is really, really uh, a spectacle. And uh, I'm happy, I'm happy to have been on board and I'm so glad that I ended up taking this fucking adventure because it is so yeah. satisfying and already thinking about when we end this show I'm jumping back in pro- hopefully not till 6 in the morning again but maybe maybe at least until I'll 3 <laughs> we'll make it happen uh, uh, Elden Ring what do you is there anything you want to get off your chest this is our big Elden Ring conversation and I, my guess is I mean we're already in March we're going to talk about it again next month because it'll be on the what yeah. we're playing for March as we recap when the beginning of April um Anything else you want to get off your chest? Anything else that needs to be mentioned? Um, well, I can't really think of that much more of Elden Ring right now. Um, it It's just a game that while I'm sitting here talking about it, I just want to go play it. I yeah. mean, I'm, I, I think about it while I'm not at the console, and that's for when sure. you know it's a good game. Yeah. Um, taking... But I do have a question for you, actually. Yeah. You were on a plane, and you were playing Dark Souls on your Switch. Tell me about yeah. that. Okay, so in what you were just saying about, you know, Elden Ring being something that you think about when you're not around it, uh, I was literally sitting at the airport about to, to fly out on a trip for like three or four days, and all I could think about was Elden Ring. I was on the subreddit, I was listening to podcasts that were discussing it, and I was just having this like, oh God, I wish I was fucking home playing this. Yeah, (laughs) and then I had this overwhelming, honestly, like as much as I wanted to play it, I had this overwhelming thought of like, 
losing my mojo, man. Like, like I've been working, I've been training. I feel like everything that I do is like training for that next boss and increasing my level of like, not only like in game functionality, but like mechanical muscle memory and understanding of like how to play this video game. So I was like, oh, you know what? I got my switch and I Googled it and I was like, they ported dark souls remastered to the switch. I should grab yeah. this shit. So I grabbed it and I started to play Dark Souls 1. Uh, and truly, I mean, I had a pretty busy week where I was and I didn't have that much time. I played it mostly on the plane. So I probably played it for like three hours. I think I beat two or three bosses. Um, Not bad. Not bad. It's, it's incredible outside of the open world how much hasn't changed in the 10 years or so yeah. since the first Dark Souls. Because a lot of that DNA is all over Elden Ring. Yep. Uh, and I think it did what I needed it to do. It kind of gave me that little fix as I was going. And uh, I can't say the Switch version is the best version to play. It's the only version of the original Dark Souls I've ever played that was all fresh and brand new to me. And it's cool to have it in handheld mode for sure. But I can't imagine beating that whole game and not needing a new pair of $80 Joy-Cons. So <laughs> at your own risk. How did you feel about the difficulty of that game? I didn't love, I think I prefer Elden Ring to the other ones. The The problem, I think you talked about it kind of at the beginning of this conversation when you were comparing it to the older ones, but with, with Dark Souls 1, the linearity of it really mm -hmm. doesn't lend itself well to the grindiness that you kind of need in some situations. Um, yeah. I found myself like... And I probably because I did things the wrong way and I played Elden Ring before I played the original Dark Souls, so now I was spoiled. There were just a lot of moments where I would have said, okay, fuck this guy, not right now, that I couldn't mm -hmm. say that to in Dark Souls. You You're kind of just stuck beating your face against it, which, again, was fine for what I was looking for, but I, I wonder... Probably the same outcome, but I wonder if I would have tried to hop onto this bandwagon and just tried Dark Souls the day that it came out if I would have had the same experience and if I would have been as fond of the gameplay as I am of Elden Ring now, 70 hours into it. My it, impulse it, is it, no. Yeah, it, it's interesting too. It's just Elden Ring, I'm not going to say it's the easiest Souls game. I, I think it is, but I'm not going to say that it is. Um, but you it's the it. best like on-ramp. Um, just in, you can go anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to bash your head against the wall. That's like the eighth time I've said that on this podcast, but it's just, it has more options. There are more sure. options and that's good. More options yeah. in combat, more options in exploration. Um, and it's good. It, yep. it It's going to be harder to go back to older Souls games formulas as well after this, uh, just because the linearity does present challenges. So Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's good though. The old ones are good. Go play them if you haven't and you're a fan of Elden Ring. Yes, I, I I definitely think it's good to do your history, but obviously, you go ahead and uh, go ahead and pencil in Elden Ring first. Take care, take care yeah, of business. For sure, for you sure. deserve it. <laughs> Everybody here yeah. deserves it. That's for sure. All right, now we must do our diligence here on the Game List podcast and insert this into our Game of the Year list. Now, obviously, this stuff is subject to change, but the idea behind this whole thing is that instead of having a long-ass discussion at the end of the year to figure out what our game of the year is, we're going to keep track of everything that we've been playing and kind of rank them up against each other. So it's obviously early, but there's been a decent amount of releases out here so far. So let's just start with Elden Ring. Where does Elden Ring fall for you on your game of the year so far? Right now, it's number two, but it's very close. What's um, number one? 
Horizon Forbidden West. Fuck that. I, no. <laughs> I, I, I think it was just my hype for Horizon Forbidden West was yeah. higher, and it fall it it followed through on the hype, so it yeah. felt more rewarding to me, more pleasing. Yeah. Maybe not more rewarding, but Elden Ring is a close second. Like any day now, it could swap easily without a doubt. I get that for sure. Um, and obviously we haven't completed Elden Ring, but right now it's sitting at the top for me. My number one game is Elden Ring, um, bumping out really the only other game that's actually on my top 10 that I could see making it. The other ones, Lost Ark might make its way on there if I hop back into it. But as of right now, number one is Elden Ring. Number two is Pokemon Legends Arceus, which, um, we'll talk a little bit more about when we go through news because there was some developments in that world, but, uh, I still haven't actually completed that game. But I really like what it did. Um, so that's that's number two for me. Outside of that, Lost Ark is on there. Uh, I'll probably check out Horizon eventually, especially if it's Colleen's Game of the Year, but I haven't checked it out yet. So your you know, number... I will say you never checked out my Game of the Year from last year, so I can't really... Oh, on you. my game list still. <laughs> it's in the backlog. We'll get there. I did check some stuff out on, on your behalf. I think we did a good job of kind of... Uh, Checking out each person's misses, but I still yeah. have to get. I think I got your number one and two that I still haven't played, which is uh, for those keeping track at home that listen to our oh, episode forgot. zero. I got yeah. Deathloop and Returnal are both uh, not played, but that's why I got you. That's why this is two people on a podcast. Was Deathloop my number two? Have I already forgotten that? I think so. Forgotten City was my number two. You haven't played my top five, six. <laughs> Six games. You Listen, man, we like different things. Games. That's the beauty of this. Oh my god! <laughs> and every and once in a only... while, we've got like an Elden Ring that both of us enjoy. You've only played Resident Evil Village for like an hour with the demo. Yeah, that game sucks. <laughs> no, I'm oh, just whatever. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, round out the rest of your um your list. Uh, let's see. I have Horizon Forbidden West at one. I'll, hold on, one, and then Elden Ring at two. Uh, Sifu at three. Sorry, Dying Light at three. Sifu at four, and then Triangle Strategy at five. That I've only put a couple hours into. Yeah, that so. just came out the other day. So we'll get to yeah. that when we're starting to look at the uh, March releases. But let's talk about the big gaming news of February 2022. And goddamn, goddamn, oh, baby, a little bit front loaded, right? I feel like a lot of the yeah. news that we're talking about is kind of stuff that happened front half of the month ish but nonetheless if you if you take it all in all even for a short month goddamn they weren't messing around in february i hope this uh, trend continues and that march is as wild as that but in a yeah, little bit we'll been... get to what's coming out but for right now we'll hop into just the biggest news stories the way that we do this is we kind of compile all the news stories of the month and then out of everything colin and i each grab like three or four that are important to us and that we want to talk about especially doing a monthly show we're not going to sit here and run down every fucking news story that happened that was like little we even cut this month versus last month kind of the quick yeah. recaps of like news blips because honestly you can get that news you've probably seen it and scrolled past it already let's talk about the stuff that colin and jake are interested in it's our fucking show it is, it is. <laughs> not bad all right where do we where do we even start so much happened um I guess we can start with the PlayStation Indies. Is that the move? Yeah, yeah I'm coming. Talk back. to me. This is this is your category, baby. 
I uh, I initially wanted to try to like uh, wring your arm and try to say this counts as a state of play. So I won the. Get out of town. This was like it does. This was count. released. I, <laughs> this was a really strange format, right? This was the day that every thirty minutes or every fifteen minutes. Yeah. So they've actually done this a couple times. They did it at some point during the fall of last year where they would release blog posts on stuff every couple minutes of just little updates on stuff. Um, yeah. So this was like a Shuhei Yoshida joint, uh, the indie Shoo. director over at, yeah, the indie, indie uh, head of PlayStation Studios Indies. Um, yes. It's a good so title. So he, it is, it is. And, you know, he's an awesome guy. I don't know if you yeah. guys ever, like, follow him on Twitter or anything, but he's just a really cool dude. And I met him at the Game Awards. Um, I'm going to bring that up every episode. I'm sorry. You have uh, to. I'm going to apologize. That Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> it is literally the biggest moment in my life so far. Um, <laughs> I know. It's such a sad life. but um, It's pretty red. So one day, well, it looks like it was back in on February 10th, um, they put out on their blog post that there are seven new indie updates coming every 30 minutes. So yeah. it started out with a Moss Book 2 update right. which is the sequel to moss which is a psvr exclusive uh from yeah. my knowledge um that is a, just a really cool cute quaint adventure uh do you like that alliteration there cool very cute, good quaint. yeah i did I, is that alliteration i think so the first two um, were the other one sounds like it but it's a q we're, okay, you're close okay. close <laughs> enough we'll, we'll count it we'll count it we're not english majors over alliteration here. sounds or letters who could tell this is a gaming podcast no not a literature <laughs> podcast <laughs> we're not educated what are you talking about <laughs> um but yeah so it's it's a it's a platformer type thing that is a vr exclusive kind of similar to astro uh rescue mission yeah um but it almost has some like uh spirited away vibes to it like me uh not miyazaki um uh studio ghibli vibes to it yep. uh so it's it's a it's a really beautiful looking game they gave an update to it just a small update of like what's coming and what to expect with it yeah. um i i did not see a release date on it so it's coming out this year as yep. as of what we know um and then 30 minutes later that was followed up by secrets of animal well it is a it is a reveal of a where do you think that's going to land on your game list 2022 uh, i think <laughs> this is going to be one that i probably don't play uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry sure. billy basso the sole developer of animal well oh um, shit i didn't mean to target yeah. a single individual it was a single guy now we have to play it what's it called i'll write it down animal well <laughs> it right. kind of looks like celeste if you look at like the art style <laughs> it's similar um oh, well yeah it. It, you know it looks cute it looks fun um but it's probably not going to be a game that i play um yeah. it's supposed to be a game about like cute ghosts and yep. stuff like that um i it i don't know it, it just looks like a metroidvania type celeste type game um yeah. it's cute it, it's worth checking out if you're into celeste i think um that was followed up by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Ooh, Revenge. Babe, give this that, fucking game a date. Yeah, for real. They said that Master Splinter is coming to it. I know. Um, so good. So you can you can speak on this more than I can because I've never played this game and never been a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Yeah. Um, but it's 
coming later this year and they showed a bunch of animations that master shredder has um and they look really cool honestly yeah there was like right a little now. i think there was a little trailer accompanied with it as well that went live the same day uh it's a yeah. side scrolling 2d beat em up it's a dot mu dot emu dot emu joint one day i will learn how to pronounce that developer's name um i think it's them and they you you check my work while i talk to you guys about ninja turtles but essentially it's like the old side scrolling ninja turtles game is from back in the day like turtles in time where you play as one of the four Ninja Turtles and they're announcing other characters as well, including Splinter, which is what the blog post was about. April O'Neil, I believe, is confirmed as playable again. I'm assuming we're going to be able to unlock Shredder. I hope we're going to be able to unlock Krang in that big monstrosity of a suit. We'll see. Casey Jones probably also a shoe-in. Uh, but a real old-school style 2D beat-em-up that just looks so good, and it's been a long time. Uh, I think the last time there was a there was a remake of the Ninja Turtles arcade game that came out for like the Xbox 360, but since then, pretty much dormant on that franchise as far as video games go. So, super exciting. Yeah, and it it, it looks like the the team that's making it is Tribute Games. So I fucked that one up. Um, so I'm not familiar with them, so I can't speak on that. But yeah, uh, Eric Lef Lafontaine is the person that made this blog post. He's a marketing manager at Tribute Games. Got it. Um, so interesting. I, nice. I don't know their past work. So um, there is post void blasts onto PS5 and PS4 this spring. Uh, so post void is imagine if the original doom was made today, not with like modern graphics, but with like doom graphics made today. Mm. Um, so it, it literally looks like you're running around these square hallways uh, with the flat ceilings shooting guys um hmm. and i mean it looks it looks like just a really fast doom like cool. shooter um yeah it, it, it's very it's got a very interesting art style um different than doom but with the same like environment layout than doom yep. um so it's worth taking a look at if you're into that um the one that i'm extremely excited about is salt and sanctuary um, yeah. I don't know if you ever played Salt and Sacrifice, but it is if you took Dark Souls and put it into 2D as a Metroidvania. I think you should really check this out, Jake, just because yeah. uh, you, you like Souls now, and I know you like Metroidvania. <laughs> Big Souls guy. Now. Um, yeah, so it it has pretty much the uh, exact same like money system with like Souls and stuff as Souls, um, except I believe it's Salt. It's been a while since I played the first one. Uh, but the first one's a phenomenal game, and they were talking about bringing PvP to this game. So kind of like the uh, the invasions and stuff. Cool. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like Dead Cells. If you've played Dead Cells, it's similar to that, except instead of a procedural world, it's it's curated. It's built as it is instead of procedural. Nice. Um, the next yeah, that's thing. That's a pretty good, cool sequel. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely am going to pick that up when it comes out. I'm kind of sad the the first one was a Vita exclusive whenever it came out. Oh, weird. And then they they brought it over to PS4. I could be wrong on that. It could have been a day and date release with PS4 yep. and Vita, but I'm 99% sure it's, it was a Vita exclusive. And I have it for my Vita. Um, nice. Samurai Gun 2, um, G-U-N-N. I am not familiar with the first game, but it looks like a type of party game where you're running around and fighting people. Nice. Um, they announced different playable characters in this game. There is, just take a guess at one of the playable characters. It's one of the biggest games in the past couple of years. 
It released in 2018. Hollow Knight. Shovel Knight. One of the knights. Uh, it's a crewmate from uh, from uh, Among Us. God. You can play a crewmate from Among Us in this game. That's going to honestly probably uh, move copies. Yeah, yeah. There is Anna from Spelunky 2. Oh, and cool. Rinit, Rinit, R-N-I-N-I-T. Um from i have no idea what that game what it came is from uh that's that's a that's a my fault thing <laughs> but it, it looks like a party game that uh you just fight around in um nice. that's like pixel pixel art type stuff um it looks kind of fun like I, I might pick it up and try to have a stream on it and see cool. see if we can get like the community together for it um and then the last one <laughs> probably the biggest letdown for me no offense hello neighbor but uh, I don't know. Do you ever play the first Hello Neighbor? Probably not. No. It I, is... I, I'm like adjacent. I know of it. I know it was kind of a big deal. I think there's a lot of kids that watch yeah. Hello Neighbor shit on YouTube. I got some like little yeah. cousins and stuff that are into it. It it they tried to do the thing of what if there was a horror game for kids? Yeah. Where where you invade a pedophile's house? I, you know, whatever. Um. Yeah. So this one it is <laughs> much more. Doesn't sound like it's for kids at all. Well, Who is this uh, all for? I'm, guess, I'm guessing it's a pedophile because it's a dude with this weird curly mustache that kidnaps children. Um, so that's just a, an Check assumption. Out. I've never actually played the game. Um, but Hello Neighbor 2 is coming to PS4 and PS5. It has like a open world, semi-open world. So you get to play detective work throughout the neighborhood to try to figure out stuff. Um, and there look to be like big bird monsters in it um, that you can mm. kind of see in the key art in the background. And the beak is gigantic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Hello Neighbor 2. So that's just a quick roundup of the things from the PlayStation Indie blog. Um, like I said, Salt and Sanctuary is probably the biggest standout for me. Um, but I will say Shuhei has absolutely nailed it with the Indies recently with Sifu and Kena. Kena? 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 I don't know. Um, K-E-N-A. Yeah, K-E-N-A. Um, he's nailed it with the, the Indies recently. So I can't help but trust him on his judgment on these here. So Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, in Sony's grand fashion of releasing things in untraditional strange ways, they also yeah. had a blog post about something else. Mm. Take it away. Um, it's PSVR 2. Uh, okay. I think we talked about this on last month, actually. Yeah. Um, they They revealed a small picture of the remote the controller i believe mm -hmm. um but at that point it was all blacked out um so what they've done is they've gone back and they have kind of standardized the coloring with the ps5 with the yep. white and black uh, which i kind of dig it honestly i think it looks like a pretty sexy vr system really strange but it looks very futuristic it looks I, better I really than the like playstation it. 5 looks there's yeah, significantly yeah, less labia the the PS5 is a uh, you know we'll we'll give it a pass. Fucking monster. They tried to go future. <laughs> it gets no pass. I I like Unwieldy. it. Unwieldy. But... <laughs> All right. Um. No, I can't disagree there. Um. But I would argue that the the refrigerator design of the Xbox is even harder to find a place for just because it's yeah you know yeah. But anyways, this is not a console war. Neither are GameCube, so they're far from being the best designed system of all time. Yeah. That you know, well, you know, yeah, I, I like the GameCube. It's it's a it's got the little handle on it that oh, you can so carry good. around. 
Wow, so that good was to have a real switch. Portable, right non portable system. We love it. <laughs> yeah. I had um, a case back in the day for the GameCube that was like a traveling case that had a hole in it for the handle where you used the GameCube's handle oh. to carry the whole case. Very rare. How often did you carry that to school and show it off? Not to school, but yeah, I, I got my GameCube, guys. <laughs> yeah, I sounded like that too. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly. <laughs> I, I traveled back and figured out. Ex- I I don't know. Um, but it, it it looks really good. It's it's uh it the strap is very similar to the original PSVR, which I gotta say I like the strap on the the first PSVR. Um, it it would fit pretty snugly everywhere, and it was very well adjustable. Um, there is a cable to it, which I think we talked about last month. There's a cable, yeah, look. but I'm, I'm okay with one cable. Um, I understand why it needs a cable to use the power of the PlayStation and everything. Mm-hmm. It, they could have gotten away with wireless had they put a little bit more work into it, but I don't know if maybe that would need like more modifications to the PlayStation. Um, but they use the dual sense triggers in these sense controllers they're not dual sense i guess because you only use one hand on each of them um but it has inside out tracking which is like the quest 2 um and and the original quest i believe um which has cameras so it tracks the room instead of having a camera point at you and track the lights on the system uh so there's much more versatility and where you can go and what you can do you don't have to have a camera set up just perfectly um so realistically we should expect the same type of environmental interaction as the quest 2 and how we build play areas and whatnot um and then there's also eye tracking that we spoke about and a really high resolution um yeah i plan on getting this day one i don't know we'll have to see the price point i don't think it's going to be cheap <laughs> um, no you think you think 500 is, or more or less or do you think i'm spot on i i think 500 might be pretty spot on i'm gonna have to go with 400 just because i think 500 will be hard to hit with a 500 dollars console as well yeah. um but psvr was also 400 when the ps4 was 400 so i don't know uh, yep. it's it's a tough call um but i think they're gonna have to do what they can to keep the price down just because of all the issues now with uh, sure. supply chain stuff you want um, my hot take on psvr2 uh go for it i think they should shut the fuck up about it already with these blog <laughs> posts honestly it's like the it feels so inconsequential when they put out they're trickling out this information and these statistics and these still photos and stuff and sony knows better they've proven to know better they've they they show when it's time to show like you look at the playstation 5 release and they basically didn't say shit about this for a long time and then they blew the lid off of it with a ton of games and a ton of information and instead they pepper in like their moss 2 into like an indie showcase then they have three still pictures and they have a trailer months before that for the horizon thing but it's a two minute trailer and a minute and a half of it is a dude talking on a black background followed by some video that looks like it might as well have come from horizon 2 it's it's really strange the way they're doing it and i wish that they would just pump the brakes wait until you have enough to show us make a nice presentation out of it and build some hype because i feel like this isn't the way to do it in an already saturated vr market but you know and and i i agree with you in some sense there but i think the thing that's different here is the psvr is marketing towards a different group of of players than the ps5 was um it's a very niche market right like i have two vr systems that i barely use Mm -hmm. um but 
it's a niche market that I think they're trying to accommodate that market. Um, it is an odd way to roll out information. I completely agree. Yeah. And I, I wish they would try to build some hype behind it. But I think building hype behind VR is hard just because people are struggling to get a PS5 now, much less yeah. a VR console to run on that PS5. Yeah, um, and then the other hand of it is here we are talking about it for the second time and we still have very little information on it. We're going to talk about it yeah. again when they announce the price and we'll talk about it again when it's actually released or when they blow the lid off of it in some sort of video presentation. So maybe they're doing something it, right because if it's Redeem talking, yeah. we're talking about it here, then they're talking about it elsewhere as well. So Yeah, is it? it's more of a do you want to talk about it a little bit over multiple months or talk about it a lot in one week? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm not a marketing major, so I don't know their strategies here. Um, yeah. But it looks like a cool console that I'll pick up one day just to play. If yeah. only it's the Horizon Call of the Mountain. Um, I will say <laughs> I did see a joke. Um, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Um, you know, I'm a Horizon fan. Uh, that people are like, I'm so excited when Horizon Call of the Mountain releases because the next week the best PR, PSVR game or the best VR game ever will release. Um, because you know a week after the past two horizon games the best games ever have released so this is true who knows i mean the horizon series is going to be uh, like a sign from god from here on out that the next best game will come out a week later you're not wrong yeah all right yeah with sony's little trickle of information nintendo decided to go in a vastly Ooh. different direction and dump on us for me personally best nintendo direct of all time i don't know um, it's a tough call i agree and i'm not a huge nintendo fan it was this one was for the gamers this one was for the nerds um gamers. i'm telling you this one was firing on all cylinders i am so interested in like 75 percent of the stuff announced we would be here for an additional two hours this evening if i went through and i talked about all of these things individually i'm sure especially for the ones that we're excited for they will come up in the future again but just highlighting it even the highlights there is a lot so started from the beginning with fire emblem warriors three hosts which i think a lot of people thought was going to be a brand new fire emblem but in yeah, fact it is uh fire emblem warriors 2 which had already come out on um the wii u and now we're getting a straight up sequel which is I don't know exciting for some it seems to be a sequel in some kind of continuity with fire emblem three houses yeah. but that kind of remains to be seen because if you've played that game there is a time jump and this seems to be taking place pre-time jump no spoilers no point in going into it further but if you like musao games this one's for you uh koei temko i believe are the developers and here same I team that did hyrule warriors and hyrule warriors age of calamity yeah, and I, I think I, I will say it's probably going to be along the lines of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, uh, yeah. where it is kind of inconsequential to the story, but it's there with characters that you already know. So it's kind of yeah. like an endpoint by familiarity. Have you played any of the Hyrule Warriors games? I have not. Should I? I they've never looked interesting to me, but it's a tough it's a tough call. You gotta be you gotta kind of be into that sort of thing to be quite honest. Um, Every once, I'd say once every like two years, I start to want to destroy a battlefield full of enemies and mm -hmm. whichever is the coolest Warriors game that moderately interests me is the, the route that I go. So I checked out the original Hyrule Warriors, but not the second one yet. So 
Who knows? Okay. Maybe we'll check this one out. But it comes out uh, June 24th. After that, we got into Advance Wars Reboot Camp. Not an announcement, but a release date. It was originally supposed to come out, I think, December 2nd of last year, and it got kind of unceremoniously delayed at the in like November. Um, showed off a little bit more of the game. It's a remake of Advance Wars 1 and 2 from the Game Boy Advance. Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising, I believe. April 8th. Coming soon. Must play. Easy buy for me. Uh, they're porting Does No Man's Sky. Hmm? Does Does Advanced Wars have multiplayer? I don't know, man. Ask a professional podcast host. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about Advanced I don't, Wars. So. I don't think it does, but it, it might. It might. I'm Probably prodding does. for information. I have no yeah, idea. yeah. Um, they're porting No Man's Sky, where if you would have asked me a month ago, gun to my head, is No Man's Sky available on Switch? I would have said... Probably. Oh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, not really sure. But uh, that's that's coming, which is cool, coming out this summer. Um, then they announced maybe the most exciting of all of the announcements for me in Mario Strikers Battle mm. League, baby. Oh, my God. I have been wanting a new Mario Strikers for so, so long. If you've never played it before, this is... Mario Soccer, essentially, in the same vein as Mario Golf or Mario Tennis. Um, Mario Strikers is so much fun. The original one came out on GameCube. There was a sequel called Mario Strikers Charged on the Wii, which uses a very similar art style to what you're seeing now for Super Mario Strikers Battle League. Switch game, the art style. online multiplayer. There's a couple differences between the old games and the new games, but a lot of things carry over. Uh, biggest change is that instead of picking a team captain, which was your only like Nintendo big face it used to be you'd pick wario as your team captain then the rest of your team was made up of like goombas or koopa troopas or something like that now you pick like four nintendo characters or five nintendo characters to kind of make up your team so you can have you know toad mario waluigi and peach as your team something along those lines but there's so, upgrades available there's go ahead do you know can i pick a team of four toads i have no idea okay no idea, but we will find out because we will be seeing me stream plenty of this. And honestly, unless they fuck this up in a very, very big way, it'll probably end up on my fucking game of the year list because Mario Strikers is so good. It is worth noting that the, the fond place in my heart for Mario Strikers is the original one and not the sequel, Mario Strikers Charged. I don't love that Wii game. I think the original is far better than it. It doesn't have any motion controls and it plays much more traditionally. So it's it's looking to me like this one is more in line with the first than the second, but I definitely see some glimpses of the second in there. But super, super excited. That's coming out June 10th, and I could not be happier about it. That was a... I streamed it. There's reactions out there on the internet somewhere. You can find them out. Jake twitching everywhere you look. <laughs> um, Only fans. You know it. They Only announced... Uh, they didn't announce. They showed off Splatoon 3. Nothing too crazy there. We know that's coming out in the summer. No date for it yet. Still not... The awful still not music. In. Oh. Yeah, what can you do? Oh. Splatoon, it's first party Nintendo. You figured they'd be able to do better, but yeah, it was, it was pretty shitty. That did stand out. Oh my goodness. What can you do? But uh, I'm not they, even they, big they on Splatoon. They literally got a toddler to hop on Garage, garage Band and make that track. That's what it it's, was. 
It seems that way. I'm not even big on Splatoon. I think I might check this one out because it seems to have a robust single player this time around, yeah. which was kind of missing from the last two games. But it's tough to tell. There's been a lot of Splatoon in the last like five years. It came out on Wii U, and then they really quickly put up a sequel for the Switch. This is the second one coming out on Switch. I'm assuming it's using the same engine. They should be able to perfect it and make a big push for it. But got to see a little bit more to really sell me. Um, yeah. New announcement, remake of Front Mission 1 from Square Enix, in addition to a remake of Front Mission 2 coming soon after. If you ever check these out, they're old school RPGs uh, focused on mechs. The games no. are separate. I think a lot of people are thinking that the game that's coming out is Front Mission 1 and 2 Remake that's coming out this summer. But what has been announced is Front Mission 1 Remake is coming this summer, and then Front Mission 2 is coming in the future also being remade, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, they announced Disney Speedstorm, which I'm sure is multi-platform, but it's definitely coming for Switch this summer. It's a free-to-play kart racer featuring Disney characters. Um, somebody in my chat while we were watching this affectionately referred to this as Kingdom Karts, which when this came on screen, the fact that I saw Disney characters, I thought this was maybe Kingdom Hearts something, but alas, disappointment. What can you do? But still, free kart racer with Disney characters? I'm in, baby. We'll try it out. A yeah. couple more ports. Uh, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection, which I, again, kind of like No Man's Sky, I would have thought that was already out. It wasn't. It is now. You can get that as we speak. Uh, an interesting one that, on the surface, isn't that interesting because it's a port of Star Wars The Force Unleashed. But here's the caveat. you got to know your Star Wars Force Unleashed history here. So allow Jake to walk you through it. Star Wars The Force Unleashed came out and it was multi-platform. There was a 360 and PS3 and PC version. That's the one that most people played, but it was also cross-generational. However, they were not the same game. The PS2 and Wii versions were different versions of the game. The PS2 one is arguably the worst one. The Wii one is very similar to the PS2 version, but has additional capabilities additional additional features there's like a battle mode controls. motion control this is a port not of that 360 and ps3 version but a port of the wii version so this went from being something where i was like well if i wanted to play this i'd just play it on xbox one or xbox series x to okay maybe this is actually worth checking out there's some kind of weird star wars stuff to see here that's a little bit different so that's coming out on 420 bro um see i had the opposite reaction there it went from something like oh I'll pick this up and play it too. Oh, I I think I'll pass on it. I don't want to play yeah, the one with motion controls. I get it. I get it. But I think you can play it without motion controls too. And for me, I I'll play anything Star Wars I can. So yeah, it should fair. uh should be interesting. But it's interesting they're kind of putting it out in the same month. It's only coming out like two weeks after, uh, Lego Star Wars. Which I wonder mm -hmm. if that cannibalizes sales at all. Who Can't can know? wait for Lego Star Wars. Oh, uh, that's gonna be a fun one to talk about next month. Um, yeah. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. This one got me out of my fucking chair. Admittedly, I don't know that much about Chrono Cross. I've tried playing it via emulation at some point over the last couple years after playing, um, what's it called? Um, Chrono Trigger. I wanted to kind of keep on that bandwagon. Uh, never got around to it. It was looking a little bit dated. This is a new updated version called the Radical Dreamers Edition. Not only does it come with an upgrade version of the PS1 Classic, but it indeed has the Radical Dreamers uh, content, which was like an old Wonderswan text-based adventure that takes place or bridges the gap between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross a little bit. Super exciting. This had been rumored for a while, and it finally popped up. It is multi-platform, but it's coming for the Switch, which is maybe the right way to play it i'm kind of on the fence yeah. on 
which console I'll buy that on. But nonetheless, um, this is a game that's been, for the most part, unobtainable for quite a while. There was a classic version of it available on the PS3 digital store, but they haven't made this one easy to obtain in a long time. So maybe even if you're not into this coat of paint that's on it as a remaster, nice to have a way to play Chrono Cross right now. Um, so all that and and more. They also, I will say, um, I this is the one that I was most excited about because I think I just started Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, so I, I've kind of been keeping up with it a little bit. There are like options in this game to kind of go back to the older graphic style if you don't like yeah. the new coat of paint on it. Um, and then also, funny, it's a small funny story. Uh, GameStop had this like major glitch <laughs> in the system that allowed you $15 off any one item. And you could check out and then do it again and then again what and then again. What a fucking mess. So naturally, <laughs> naturally, the anti-capitalist person that I am said, F you, GameStop. I'm getting some games. Yeah. So As you I, uh, I, I, yeah, I ordered a, uh, a couple games. This one being one of them that I pre-ordered. I'm actually looking at the pre-order right now. They canceled it as, you know, they, they, they do. Um, of course. But... It's odd. It says it's canceled, but it still shows up as one of my active pre-orders. So maybe I'll get lucky and it'll come out and I'll get it for five bucks and I'll be yeah. chilling in bed at night playing Chrono Cross. So I'm excited for it. I a don't win know is a expect. win. Yeah. Um, and also there's a Game Informer article that compares all Chrono Cross characters and it assigns them a U.S. president. Um, and it's kind of a funny read because it will like assign like like there's like a FDR like a yeah there's like 40 plus playable characters in this game that you can recruit to your party it's a really cool video game I'm excited to dig mm -hmm. into it for the first time I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more on the, this very podcast in the future um, for sure. they showed off a bunch more stuff for Kirby and the Forgotten Land which comes out uh, March 25th which is really there's exciting demo. yeah there is a demo there is indeed I'm not playing the demo I'm kind of already in on that game I might play the demo I <laughs> I actually, Allie has played the demo recently because she was interested in it, and I'm surprised. It is not, the camera is not free. It's more of like an isometric yeah, kind of. It's a fixed camera. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll probably play it at some point. Yeah. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Looks pretty cool. Um, MLB The Show 22 is coming to Switch. Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series comes out July 8th. Now, most other podcasts would breeze right by that, and that's all they would say. Not here. Klonoa fan, number one coming through. Uh, not gigantic fan, but I played both Klonoa Door to Phantom Eel on PS1 and Klonoa 2 Lieutenant's Veil, I think it's called, on PS2. They're remastering both of those games into one fine little package and putting it onto the Switch, and I am beyond excited for it. Super, yeah. super exciting. It's cool that the game is coming back. Deserves its spot in the sunlight it's a it's a very good 2d puzzle platformer um from that era you kind of know what you're getting into but goddamn that game is just so good so so good and i'm sure i will talk about it when it comes out but nonetheless cool announcement to have um port of oh no remake of live alive do you know this video game had you heard about it before this direct because i hadn't no, but evidently this was the game that pioneered the HD 2G genre that mm -hmm. we didn't know about because it was like a Japan-only game. Yeah, coming to the um, U.S. for the first time in this remake form. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out because I like the sure. HD 2D look and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it does look like uh, Octopath Traveler or uh, Triangle Strategy. 
pretty rad. Yeah. Um, Switch Sports, which we talked about, I've actually played, got some impressions on that in the front half of the show, um, coming out April 29th. And then the big, the big announcement was... Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I'm not that into Xenoblade Chronicles, to be quite honest, but a lot of people were very excited for this. Um, that's supposed to come out this September, Xenoblade Chronicles, so maybe yeah. this will be the time that I finally give that a go. Outside of that, a couple extra updates from the Direct. Uh, Metroid Dread got a hard mode and an easy mode added to it via DLC. Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, which is Mother 1 and Mother 2 for the NES and the Super Nintendo, uh, both available Shadow Drop style onto the Switch with Virtual Console, so anybody that has online can go and play those now. And then, honestly, the biggest announcement for me is the update to Mario Kart. This is really cool. So yeah. the Mario Kart uh, Deluxe Booster Course. This is eight courses at a time through six waves from now until 2023. So it's 48 additional courses. Double the tracks in the game there were 48 to begin with now there's gonna be 96 at the end of this thing uh the first wave comes out on march 18th it's the golden dash cup and the lucky cat club cup essentially these are remastered courses from the past of mario kart with a bunch of them from mario kart tour as well which is the mobile game for originals so those will feel new to quite a few people that haven't played that but also has yeah. things from the 3ds nintendo 64 Wii, wii u the whole nine yards really really rad um I'm excited for those to kind of trickle in. I'm glad to see them supporting a game that's fucking seven or eight years old at this point and giving it new so content. Cool. Gonna breathe some new yeah. life into this sucker. Really rad. And, Our you know, I will say um, about the Metroid Dread uh, update, I tried to hop in and check that out to see yeah. if I could enable it in a previous save file. So maybe I could, like, play through it on easy mode on my save that I already have. And unless I'm just too dumb to find the option, you have to do a new save. Um, oh, so the, the progress tough. that I have in there, it's like, I don't want to start over, but at the same time, do I really want to finish the game as it is? Yeah, I will at some point, but I kind of wish it was an option that you could enable mid-save. Yep, makes sense. So on the heels of the Nintendo Direct, Pokemon Presents is its own standalone broadcast, which I think a lot of people were expecting Arceus DLC to be kind of the headliner here. Although they weren't wrong, there is indeed Arceus DLC. There's essentially DLC for all the Pokemon games that are currently supported. So you had Masters EX, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Cafe Mix, uh, Pokemon Unite, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Arceus all got some sort of new feature added. The Arceus stuff was really interesting. It's got, um, it's called Daybreak. It's version 1.1.0 technically. It just added some extra side content, uh, gave you a free influx of Pokeballs that you didn't need to buy. You could just download, which is pretty rad. Um, and then I think some bug fixes and some extra battles in the town and whatnot. They also announced that there's a Pokemon Arceus based anime series coming out. They showed some concept art for that. And then they cut to a live action trailer of a kind of a one more thing and at this point everyone knows what it is but at the time when this thing was airing it was a very very strange thing to see because it opens up with live action see like live action scene of a security guard a police officer investigating a yeah. room and then the room starts to freak out and all of a sudden 
it starts showing off the new generation of Pokemon for the Switch. So Generation 9 is announced um, in the weirdest way possible, almost unceremoniously at the end of this Pokemon Direct. And it is exciting. It is, I guess, a hybrid, I would say, of the stuff that we've seen recently in Legends Arceus and the traditional Pokemons. And they've announced now since the trailer, not only is it going to be open world with the persistent Pokemon walking around all in the overworld, but there'll be multiple cities. They'll all be connected. It'll be kind of a combination of the two, which is extremely exciting. It's called Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. It's the first time we're doing colors in a Pokemon game in like 12 years or something. It was since Black and White 2. Since then, it's been uh, X and Y, Sun and Moon, and Sword and Shield in some order. Oh. Diamond and Pearl? Did that just come out after? Diamond and Pearl were Gen 4. Gen 4. Then okay. it was 5 is black and white. I think after that, it's X and Y, then Sun and Moon, then Sword and Shield. I think I got the order right. But Scarlet and Violet, we're back, for, back to colors. Really, really rad. Um, tropical setting-ish? Nobody really knows. Like a, a Spanish countryside type thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I can I can see that being the case. But it's got a varied environment. They showed off like a desert. They showed off, I think, some snowy environments as well. Certainly looks much more varied even in the first minute and a half of early gameplay than Pokemon Legends does. Um, honestly, really, really cool just to see that gameplay glimpse. But then they go one step further, and I feel like this is actually kind of something they don't always do. I feel like more often than not, they announce the game and they make us wait for the starters, but they revealed the fucking starters, baby. So we got our first look at... All right, now bear with me. I'm going to try to get these names correct. We got this adorable little cat whose name is Sprigatito? Sprigatito? Sprigatito. Sprigatito. I think it's Sprigatito. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Affectionately known on the internet as Weed Cat, which <laughs> checks out, <laughs> checks out. It works, it works. Um, we have my new starter. Welcome to the team, you big fucking yeah. freak. Uh, this is Fukoko, Fuecoco. Fuecoco. Tough to tell. Yeah, Colin's got him. And then last but certainly not least is this strange little duck with a interesting hat slash hairstyle. Who could tell what it is? Uh, and this is the easy one to pronounce, Quaxley. Quaxley. Very, very Quack. cute. Um, but honestly, really good starters. Nintendo rarely misses with their starters. Uh, some generations are better than others, I would say. But overall, pretty rad. Pretty good look, pretty nice preview. Definitely wets the whistle. It's insane how much Pokemon news and information that we've had over the last like three or four months i mean it was yeah. not long ago we got brilliant diamond and shining pearl in january we got arceus and now already we have generation nine it's uh, an overwhelming amount of pokemon but goddamn that shit is popular and i i will say i was listening to some podcasts doing my research on this and um so arceus arceus i don't know how to pronounce it um it is it, it was made by the b team at game freak Mm -hmm. and scarlet and violet is made by the a-team um so i'm sure they love being called that yeah i know right <laughs> um but evidently this game started development before arceus um huh. and I i'm kind of wondering if the lessons that they learned from 
Arceus will they'll be able to incorporate them into these games before it comes out because realistically with game development your game is done quite a long time before it releases at least it should be yeah um but I, I'm curious if the lessons that they learn from Arceus will have time to take hold in this game and uh, really expand upon them. And and I will say, this game looks more interesting to me because it is a single open world. I yeah, don't not really enjoy the Monster Hunter style segmented worlds. Um, but will I play this? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it looks interesting. And I can't help but love Pikachu right there. Man. Eh, Pikachu. Hit or miss. I love uh, Pikachu, man. He's all right. He's all right. Detective I think Pikachu's the best video game movie ever, and I'm, I'll stand on that hill. I'll give that also the review of all right. <laughs> but oh. I think in the long run, I'm really excited for this game. I'm glad that it exists. I don't think it's too much Pokemon. And the fact that it's coming out in 2022 is really exciting. I hope that this is... I hope this delivers the dream that Pokemon Legends Arceus promised if that makes sense because i yeah. feel like they did uh, a decent job with that game the bones are good it's my as of right now the runner-up for game of the year for me and this the fact that You're gonna <laughs> i'm just kind of putting this together now yeah. yeah yeah so legends arceus and scarlet and violet will be on the same game of the year lists yeah. which is pretty wild i wonder how that and ends up faring i think for scarlet and violet will probably go higher too i I have faith in Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I can see that being the case. Time Wait, will go, tell. Go, go. So sick. All right. What else do we have for news? Uh, you wanted to talk about Star Wars Eclipse. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of Star Wars earlier, you said I'll take all the Star Wars I can get. Um, well, you're going to be waiting a long time for Star Wars Eclipse because... Evidently, Quantic Dream cannot get it together. Um, so the most recent news story that came out is it's not coming until 2027. Yeah, what the fuck? I, I don't think we realize how far away 2027 is. That is five years from now, if there are no <laughs> delays, right? Why I have they done this? I will be nearing my 30s, and I will be a, I'll be a doctor for three years at that point. Yeah. Um. 2027 so the problem that they have is quantic dream has an absolute terrible working environment evidently based on reports over the past couple of years um and they're having trouble hiring people to work on the game uh so since they're having trouble hiring people they can't actually get the game started from my understanding I could be wrong here, so don't quote me on it. But my understanding is pretty much all they have right now is a rough storyboard and the trailer. <laughs> and I I just cannot I cannot begin to imagine why they would reveal this game when they're more than five years out. You know, and, and the thing is Quantic Dream, they haven't put out a game since Become Detroit Become Human, which was twenty eighteen? Yeah. Twenty seventeen? So. Um so that'll be a 10-year gap. I mean, they're taking Bethesda leaps here for a, Beth a studio <laughs> yeah. that is not Bethesda. Truly. <laughs> it's just, it is insane to me. And it's like, I see this yeah. game and I want to play it. I really want to play it. 
It's a fucking bad move. They showed it way too early. It's a trailer that means absolutely nothing. It shows off, I guess, yeah. some themes and whatnot of what to expect in the direction that they're going. But in the long run, none of it matters. It reminds me of the original Final Fantasy VII trailer, seven remake trailer, where it just was shown and then just went away for four years. Absolutely yeah. wild. And I can almost guarantee that, that by the time this game comes out, just because of the nature of game development and how things change as it goes along, the game will be nothing like this trailer portrays. No, um, no. I, I don't see it being anything like this trailer presented as. And I, I'm sure Jeff Keighley didn't know what situation this game was in when he revealed it. There's mm -hmm. no way, right? I don't think he would have revealed it had it been like that. I'm sure. Um, That's a, it's a big... It's a it's big a title. Game, it was one so. of the cooler takeaways from that event, but it, it was. just doesn't it was. matter. And I wish they hadn't. Basically, I, I guess. I guess what I'm going to see is like whenever this game comes out, I'll be like, oh, well, I saw this game revealed in person when I was 18 years old. Yeah, know, right. Old. I'm going to be an old man when this game comes out. And the sad thing is, I really wanted it to be out soon because EA's license is running up on Star Wars. It runs up next year. And yeah. after next year, we should be getting a massive influx of Star Wars games. And I'm excited for it because I love yeah, Star Wars and I sure. want to see more. And I'm just sad Eclipse is not going to be one of those that I'm going to see for a while. Yeah, so. I would like to just erase it from my memory and then revisit it in 2025. Yeah, cool it's going to become the next, uh, what, Dead Island 2? That really yeah. the trailer released back in what, 2015 or something? It's still not out. I think earlier than that. That, that game's a fucking mess, too. Yeah, uh, let's go to Bioshock. Yeah, Bioshock. Um, what what is your history with Bioshock? Have you played these games? Yeah, I love Bioshock. I uh, eh, I love I overall I love Bioshock. I don't think I love the second Bioshock. The first Bioshock is absolutely incredible. It was at the time one of the only like scary er games that I would yeah. be willing to play. And then Bioshock Infinite is so sick. I fucking oh, love that so game. Good. And then since then, I've kind of soured on... It feels like a dumb franchise to leave dormant. Uh, I think Ken Levine is the director who's no longer attached to it. He's working on something different that's in some sort of development hell as well. Um, yep. And Bioshock Infinite did such a great job of setting up a universe that could tell so many stories with so many sequels and yep. Yep. squandered the opportunity while it was hot. I hope this... Uh, franchise still has legs we'll find out quite soon because netflix picked up the rights to series yeah yeah netflix uh is partnering with take two on a bioshock film and um i my history with bioshock is i actually haven't played the first two i played infinite and adored it um hmm. but the first two were too scary for me at the time um i have them i have like the collection the you should go back and play the first one you could knock it out in like I, two or three streams i really should i i think that's on the docket here soon um but i i do know do that you the know yeah do you I, know the story of bioshock one i know very little about it i know it's in rapture and like and uh i kept you don't know any like the writer. big story beats other than like setting no oh I don't dude stream it immediately yeah so good um but but i do know like the atmosphere itself is very interesting to me mm -hmm. um and i i think it might be a good adaptation on yeah netflix because um it it's more of like a, a one person story so if they really focus in on like one person and their their, their journey and the the antagonists um i think it, it would be a really good atmospheric story to tell um that i think might 
might uh, transition over well into film, like other things that don't. Um, and I will say, Netflix has done a pretty good job recently with their video game adaptations, um, which I understand The Witcher isn't a direct video game adaptation. It's more off the books. Um, but they did The Witcher justice, and evidently the Cuphead show is really good. I just haven't checked it out yet. Um, yeah, they did that Witcher justice. What do you think of season two? Got him. I so I I watched season one with a friend back home, and we were gonna watch season two over my past Christmas break, and time got away from us. So I'm kind of saving it so we can watch together. There, um, with with history in mind, you know, yes, it's a tradition. Yes. Of so. course, of course. But yeah, pretty cool. I'm definitely looking forward yeah. to it. I hope it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how it comes out. It's a it's um it's a movie it's a movie, right? Not a series. It's I don't know yet. I don't okay. know if there's Well they're working on something definitive. and I think it's one of those things where like I'm immediately not only excited for that movie or series, but I'm very excited for the first trailer for it. I want to see how they go for like the tone, how that shot, what the world looks like, how faithful it is to Rapture or shit. Where does a uh, Infinite take oh, place? God. It's got a cool name. It does. Um... Hmm. Oh, we'll figure it out one day. But Booker Someone... Dewitt, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Booker Dewitt, yeah, Elizabeth. Booker. See, look, I know all kinds yeah. of things. Someone's gonna leave that in the YouTube comments. Nice. Please tell us where to. Nice. Moving on, we'll go to our last bit of news. We'll hit it real quick. They announced Street Fighter VI. How did they announce it? With the most dramatic countdown in video game history. It wasn't that dramatic and probably not the biggest one in video game history. That's hyperbole. But nonetheless, it was a pretty big thing. Capcom puts on a countdown, cryptic countdown. I think most arrows pointed towards Street Fighter VI. The smart money was on it already. Um, but it led to the end of the Evo Championship, and then right at the end of the Evo Championship, they unleashed this trailer. Really nice trailer, um, all CGI. Honestly, not that nice, but uh, (laughs) nonetheless, it does look pretty promising. Um, It shows off big, hot, daddy, bearded Ryu looking thicker than ever, very wide. Uh, A lot of people are theorizing that it's using the Resident Evil 8 engine because he kind of looks a little bit like Chris Redfield's from that game. Um, but it also shows off not just Ryu, but also Luke, who was the last DLC character for Street Fighter V. And when they put out that character, they said that this guy was going to be a big deal for Street Fighter going forward. And it looks like they're putting their money where their mouth is on this dude. And he's pretty rad looking. He's got these cool That's scars. Good. He's got like a blue and orange color scheme. It all works against uh, Ryu's white and red. The trailer is a, a really good watch. Pretty cool, very, very short trailer, all CGI. It's like 35 seconds of like just these guys getting all pumped up next to each other. <laughs> and then uh, they debuted the terrible fucking logo. That yeah, did you Street see Fighter has? Yeah, I saw that it's basically influenced by like a $200 stock image that you can buy from a yeah. game or something like that. But the, the image itself is fine. The problem is, is that Street Fighter has so long had this like iconic logo Mm -hmm. where it's always just like a cocked off to the side street fighter scribbled on there with like some other words on the front and center of it and they just threw that all in the trash the good news is game's not out yet and i would put all the money on the fact that they are going to change this logo for sure the next time we see this game it'll have the right logo 
I will say, like, when I saw that logo, it really gives me Rainbow Six Siege vibes for some reason. Yeah, it does. It looks like some sort of esports logo. It's like for a fucking team yeah. or something like that. Is how it feels. It, it does not, and it does not give that Street Fighter vibe to it. No, at all. no. They were going for something. So. They they took their shot and they missed, but luckily the gamers told them. Um, one of the other cool things that they announced at the same time was the Capcom Fighting Collection. Now, I know what you're thinking. Didn't they already put this out? No, man. That was the Capcom Classics Collection. This is the Capcom Fighting Collection. <laughs> uh, this is primarily, I think it's eight games, nine games, between six and 12 games. Uh, primarily, it's a Darkstalkers collection. So, Darkstalkers fan, now's your chance. If you don't buy this, they're never making another one. But it has all five renditions of Darkstalkers stalkers red earth uh cyberbots it's got super gem fighter mini mix oh baby that is a 2d fighter using the sprites from super puzzle fighter which is also included in this if you've never played super puzzle fighter i challenge you to a fight when this comes out live on stream it is um extremely extremely fun and then Hyper Street Fighter 2, which is, I think, like the definitive-ish edition of Street Fighter 2. It came out after Street Fighter 2 Turbo. It's got all the characters that they ever put in the game and whatnot. But a nice little yeah. package, all in all. Not so bad. Yeah, and I will say, normally I'm not a fan of, like, super busy cover art, but something about the art style of that cover art really does it for me. Darkstalkers, really man. Like they don't fuck around. Really they like don't it. fuck around. All right. That gets us through the news portion we are running a long podcast today, baby. Long show. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Um, we were going to do editorials and whatnot this evening. We we're going to do some viewer questions. To be honest, we only have a couple viewer questions. Why don't we make a game time decision? We'll go through what we're looking forward to in the month of March and what's coming out. And then next episode, we'll get a nice selection of questions and we'll get our editorials down. Cool with that? Yeah, that works. If you're not, you'd have to say something live now during the podcast. So I apologize for putting uh, you on the spot, but <laughs> I think it's the right way to go. We envisioned let's this be honest, as being the real reason you want to wrap it up is so you can play Elden Ring. And this does figure in in a small way. I can't fault you there. I mean, I could be here talking for hours, but I understand. The well, call look at the Elden YouTube Ring. metrics, and if at if for some reason it stays flat line all the way across, and everybody's here up until the two and a half hour mark, I will have made a mistake. But if at that hour forty five it starts to slant down, we fucking nailed it. I got some bad news for you, man. They're they're dropping out at, at a minute and a half, not an hour. And a half. <laughs> That's the YouTube I know. All right. We're working our way in to March. So we have, as is tradition, we'll look at the PlayStation Plus and the uh, games with gold that are available to this to us in this fine month. So PlayStation yeah. Plus once again takes the cake. They're giving us Ghost Runner, Ark, Survival Evolved, Team Sonic Racing, ooh baby, and Ghosts of Tsushima Legends. Do you have an idea of what they're actually giving us there? Uh, yeah, I have a very good idea. Um, so Ghost of Tsushima's Le Legends is the multiplayer add-on that they put onto Ghost of Tsushima for free. Um, I have spent probably more time in Legends than I have in the base game getting the hmm. Platinum. Um, so imagine Ghost of Tsushima combat, but thrown into a Destiny-type style raid. Um, so there are like waves of enemies that you can fight as one game mode. You can do 
versus as another game mode um i'm i'm kind of paraphrasing here because it's yeah. got a lot of technicalities um that i don't want to get into um and then there's a raid which is insane the raid is hard but fun and cool and there are puzzles and there it is super challenging and one of the coolest experiences that i've had in gaming and i think if you haven't played ghost of tsushima i think you should definitely try out legends um just for the fun i will say legends is harder than the base game um, it's a difficult experience, but it's really fun. Um, and it people are like, oh, they're they're just giving this away. This is this is stupid. Um, but I will say they they sell legends standalone for like twenty bucks. So to get yeah. this for free, I think it's pretty dope for the people that haven't played Ghost of Tsushima. For um, sure. And then separately, speaking on Ark and Ghost Runner and Sonic, um, for you trophy hunters out there, uh, Ark is a super easy platinum because you can access like the commands menu and like get the platinum in like an hour uh so hmm. that's cool uh nice. and then ghost ghost runner is just a is not cool ghost wire game. i fucked that no up. it's not <laughs> no it's not we'll talk about that in that's a, minute, a different game yeah it's a i mean i can understand the confusion uh the the ghost runner ghost wire maybe that's going to be a new genre ghost runner ghost games ghost wire ghost of tsushima wow good call i mean man Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's a it's a solid month. Definitely not our best month, but it's a it's a good month. So you're breezing over the best offering. Team Sonic I've Racing. Never Team it's Sonic so good. Racing. It's a really good game. It's it's got some pretty interesting stuff going on. It's a team-based kart racer. It really is will, a blast to play. You play with a I'll team of three and you can like slingshot each other. Go ahead. Uh well, I I mean, other than Crash Nitro Kart, I think. One yeah. of them on the PS2. Tag I've team never played race. Tag Team Racing racer. is on PS2. Oh, okay. I don't I remember think. exactly which one it is. I don't remember. But other than that, I've never played a kart racer outside of Mario Kart. No, I think you're right. I think Crash Team Racing is the first one, and Crash Nitro Kart is the second one. I think you're right on PS2. I think so. I can't remember. It's been a long time I can't since I've played it. But I can't tell. Yeah. I'll have Not to check bad. out Sonic. Not bad. Well, after this nice little offering... We can take a look at this uh, shit show at the fuck factory in these games with gold. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. Uh, fuck them. All right. That's it. That, I'm not even going over. The games with gold offering is so bad. I My only worry is that whatever they do next for the Project Spartacus thing that will probably be announced between the 15th and the 7th of next month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, um, yourself that. I hope that the PlayStation Plus free games don't become as shitty as the games with gold because their offerings I are agree. garbage, man. Yeah, garbage. and I, I think the difference there will be um, since PlayStation isn't going to have day and date stuff, I think they'll still be able to have the good PS Plus games. Yeah. But... I don't know. We'll see when it gets there. Um, For sure. I don't know. Hopeful, hopeful attitude, but we'll see. Who could tell? Let's get into the games coming out in March. It's a couple days into March. Some of this stuff already dropped, but we'll take a peek at it all in sequential order. First up, we have Babylon's Fall, which is already released to embarrassing numbers. This is a <laughs> this is a platinum games try at some sort of multiplayer cash grab, and it is not working for them. I wanted this game to be so good so badly because I love platinum games and I love playing with friends. Mm. Um, but this just looks terrible. Yeah. And 
I maybe in a couple of years, if they fix it up, I'll check it out. But I have no plans on playing it right now. For sure. None. Next up on the fourth, we have a pair of games, Gran Turismo 7 and Project Triangle Strategy. Um, anything on Gran Turismo 7 for you? Um, I'm not a huge simulator racer. Um, I, I like Forza more than Gran Turismo, mm-hmm. um, just because of the arcadiness of Forza Horizon specifically. Um, yeah. But this game looks beautiful. I actually saw a bunch of screenshots the other day compared to like real life pictures, and I could not tell a difference. I could not pick out which one was a screenshot and which one yeah, was real. Yeah, it life. looks fantastic. I am not huge on sim racers. I feel like I've played Gran Turismo 3 on the PS2 days, and that's the most Gran Turismo that I've ever played. I think that's a lot of people's kind of MO. They've all played that. Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec was packaged in with um, PS2s for a long time, and then it became a very cheap, good racing game that you could get during that generation. So a lot of gamers that were kind of like partially in on racing games during that era played a lot of Gran Turismo 3, and they've become less and less popular, to be honest, over the years. And this is the first time in quite a while that there's been like a big push, I feel like, for Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo Sport was a bit of a nightmare to release, and Gran Turismo 6, I think barely anybody remembers. So it's been tough, tough road, but it looks like this is really um, a, a nice-looking and very, very fun-to-play game. I'm looking forward to checking yeah. it out. I think I don't make a $70 purchase for it, but I could see this being something that I try out eventually. We'll see. And even then, like, Gran Turismo 6 and Sport had, like, a rough reception i would say yeah um but gran turismo is a very profitable series um and there is a huge niche audience that adores these games um and gran turismo 7 looks like a phenomenal return to form and Mm -hmm. people are loving it so it seems like a hit yeah yeah without a doubt uh let's get into this one i know you've got some information on project i'm sorry i got the name wrong project it's no project i still say project sometimes triangle strategy Oh, man, them them and their names, bro. Um, So Triangle Strategy, I'll I'll set the table. This is the the visuals, which is the first thing you see. It is the visuals of Octopath. Mm -hmm. It is the gameplay of uh, Fire Emblem. And it is the politics of Game of Thrones. You're like, politics? Um, Surprisingly enough, this game has a big emphasis on, like, narrative choice and your, your... alliances and stuff and there's like political uh issues between the three main like capitals or whatever the main cities the three houses Um, yeah pretty much the three houses honestly (laughs) i mean almost exactly right uh that's they planned on calling it three houses until three houses came out and Uh, they changed it to something stole their thunder i know but um it, it it's got a lot of political options in it and it I've played a couple hours of it and I'm enjoying it. It's it's a fun game, but there is I will say there's less gameplay than you would expect. There's a lot more dialogue and stuff like that that is fully voiced. Um, from what I can tell, from what I I've, everything I've seen is fully voiced. Um, it's an interesting cool. game that I like, and I'll be playing a lot more of it. Nice. We'll talk. Uh, we'll take a deeper dive into this um, next episode next when we talk about yeah. what we've been playing, for sure. Yeah. Not so bad. Triangle strategy is honestly on my radar. I don't think I'm going to run out and grab it, especially right now with how dense it is. But if game releases slow down this summer, we'll hop in there for sure. It'll be a good bedtime game on your on your OLED. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, next up is March 10th, Chocobo GP, which honestly, you already know how excited I am. I know what you're thinking. Oh, damn, another kart racer? Yeah, but it's a sequel to Chocobo Racing on the PlayStation 1. And it's got all that Final Fantasy wow. goodness that you would hope. They've already announced that the free battle pass will have Cloud and Squall from 7 and 8. It's got all kinds of Final Fantasy characters, tracks from 9. Um, I'm, I'm in. The cool part about this, to be quite honest, is that it's a Switch exclusive release. It's 40 bucks to purchase, but there's a free version of it. So if I go and buy this, which I will, and I were to stream this, which I will, Anybody that has a Switch can go and grab the light version and race with me because of my purchase, which is, I think, a really cool way of doing things. I like that. Yeah. That's the only way I'll end up playing it, honestly. For sure. I think there's a lot of people, honestly. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of people that are going to fall into that category. You know, you get to play a game that just came out for free, sample it. If you really like it, you can go out and play it. If not, at least you got to do it. It didn't cost you anything. Not so bad. But I'm really excited for this one. I'm looking forward to talking about my impressions on it next month. Uh, the next thing is WWE 2K22. This this series, this series has been struggling Dude, lately. We um, can play as Machine Gun Kelly. That's what true. Are you talking about that's true. They and this is it. you're looking at the NWO for Life edition. 120 bucks. Oh you can play God. as Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, I, baby. The Outsiders. I can barely keep my wallet from burning through my pocket I to know, go out I and know. purchase this game. I know, but yeah, not so much interest there. And then the new release of grand theft auto 5 and grand theft auto online what a goddamn shame that i'm putting this on Uh, this list uh march 15th for the next gen versions current gen versions of gta Eh, whatever at least it's coming um there were three gta's on ps2 and there are three consoles for gta 5 yeah that's fucking wild wild uh stranger of paradise the 18th looks so good and now that i'm in on souls i think i'm in on this i can't guarantee that i play this for next month's episode we'll certainly talk about it i'm sure i'll watch somebody play it if i don't get to it myself it really depends on my progress in elden ring so to be determined but this is launching march 18th on all the big consoles it's cross-generational so it'll be on xbox series and uh xbox one ps4 ps5 pc everything and this is taking place loosely during final fantasy one the story is all kind of up in the air no one knows exactly what to expect but i'm excited to find out more and this is something that i'll certainly play eventually um i could be wrong but strangers of paradise i think is nicer about the cross console compatibility oh interesting so i think i could play with someone on xbox whereas on uh elden ring i can't play with anyone on xbox or pc i think i could be wrong there but that's uh, if i'm right that's what it is yeah, uh, Elden Ring has, I can play on a PS5 with somebody who's playing it on PS4, but I cannot play yeah. it. Yeah, it's cross-generational, um, but not cross-generational. cross-generational. Yeah, nice. Uh, also on the 18th is the aforementioned Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 1. It's a mouthful, um, but we've already kind of dug in on that. Looking forward to it. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that this is included with the expansion pass for the nintendo switch online which keeps on showing its value baby i don't feel bad about upgrading that thing a lot of people knocked me now look at me what is it is this like a 20 dollar upgrade if you buy it separately 20 or 30 dollars yeah i'm not gonna get the big thing like i think in the end this is a better thing than mario kart 9 because i'm paying 
like half the price for the same amount of maps if Mario Kart 9 yeah. came out. So I mean I at this good. point at this point in the year that the and it hasn't even been out for a year, between the Nintendo sixty four stuff, the expansion for this, the expansion for Animal Crossing, I'm really starting to feel like I made the right call spending fifty bucks on a year of this because they're gonna keep on adding things into it. Yeah. You gotta pay for those subscriptions if you want that content, but definitely looking forward yeah. to this. That's an easy stream the night that it comes out. Uh, fits in really well. I stream Mario Kart eight once a month anyway with uh, my community, so I think it, it's a it's a great fit for me. Breathe a new life into that. Coconut oh, Mall yeah. is a big grab for me. I love ooh, Coconut ooh, Mall. Ooh, ooh. So. I'm I'm mostly looking at Choco Mountain over there. I'm a '64 guy. Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire Tokyo is coming out mm. on March 25th. What do you know about? Well, first off, March 25th is wild. It feels like a, this feels like a release date that's in like November, not in March. But the first yeah. of the three big games that come out on the 25th is Ghostwire Tokyo. It, so Ghostwire Tokyo is developed by the same team that created uh, The Evil Within. Sorry, it slipped me there for a second. Um, they made The Evil Within 1 and 2. Um, and then it was originally led by... Um, uh the girl you remember that the e3 where the girl was like dancing um oh yeah 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 so she was actually the director on this game uh for quite a while and then she left because it was it was just too stressful for her huh. and she didn't like the pressures from like um higher ups uh so she is no longer the director on this game um but it, it, it seems like it's had a little bit of development trouble, but the people that are working on this are really passionate about it. They actually released like a dev diary type thing. Um, I don't know if you watched that. It was, it was really interesting. Um, and it kind of digs into like Japanese mythology and stuff. Um, and like all sorts of like, uh, yokai, I, I believe is the right word for like Japanese ghosts. Hmm. Um, but it is a game that I will check out but I don't know about on release. Um, I'll have to see the review scores because there's something about the combat in that trailer that I saw that felt very static. Yeah. Um, it it looks fun and it looks pretty. It's got a cool art style. Yeah, um, Tokyo is always a good setting. Yeah, yeah. It's all the neons and stuff. For sure. Um, we'll we'll have to see how it how it turns out. Yeah. But easy skip for me. It, I hate ghosts and I hate wires. So. Yes, yes. A <laughs> large, large hater of wires. <laughs> Known hater Hate of them. wires. Um, also on the 25th, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which I feel like is sneaking out. Doesn't doesn't it not feel like Wonderlands is coming out this soon? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how big Wonderlands is. I don't know if it's like a Borderlands 4 size game or if it's like a smaller standalone dlc type type game um i think they're charging full price for it so i guess it's a full game i really i i played through and got to platinum on borderlands 3 so i might pick this up at some point but yeah after i finished borderlands 3 i was borderlands out um, yeah and i haven't played it in a while so I'm only borderland a interested in this <laughs> yeah yeah, <Nailed> it. yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh I mean, it, all the previews are getting are like raving about it. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's gonna be 
It's going to come in. It's going to get fucking 7.5 to 8.5s all over the place. You're going to know what you're getting into, but it'll be interesting to see if it does anything that hasn't been done before, by especially by the Borderlands franchise. I, I am in the same boat as you. I, I don't think that I can care about this right now. They would have to do something incredible, and the reviews would have to be nines or above yeah. to say that they've finally perfected the formula. I don't think and it's in the I cards. And say... I find Tiny Tina grading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny Tina's rough. Poor Ashley Birch. Nobody likes yeah, her character. Can't catch a fucking break. I <laughs> um, I, I will say the best Borderlands was was in the Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep DLC in Borderlands Two, mm. which this is like the sequel to that yeah. DLC specifically. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Borderlands is Borderlands. You know what you're going in to get. It's just for sure what it is. For sure. Uh, yeah. last but certainly not least. Biggest Kirby! release of March, baby. Kirby in the Forgotten Kirby, the Land. Last of Us. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I cannot wait for this game. I think I'm out on the demo because I know I'm in on the video game itself. We've already talked about it a couple times. It came up during the Nintendo Direct conversation. You guys know the deal. We will have a, a much longer discussion about Kirby next month for sure. So in this game, they unveiled Mouthful Mode. Oh, yeah. If you had mouthful mode in real life, what's the first thing that you would suck up? Probably like a 12 or a Pepsi. Only a 12 or a Pepsi? <laughs> I don't know. If they're like a, maybe like a, like a whole pallet or like a Pepsi truck? Yeah, yeah I'd get some Pepsi in me. For sure. What? Definitely not a fucking rusty ass car like Kirby. <laughs> oh, I know. This guy is got no shame. Dude is just letting it all hang out. Yeah. Um, letting it all hang out. He's got in, an immune system of a Greek god. <laughs> does not fuck around not fuck around <laughs> but march is looking good a lot of stuff to play it really uh 2022 is shaping up to be uh, what do you think happened why why is why is the, the first three months of 2022 so incredible is it like the compounding of covid delays and now it just is all kind of hitting us all at once does this continue yeah, through the whole year um I hope so, but yeah. honestly, we haven't heard much about the la later half of the year so far. Um, no. It's kind of been front-loaded, so For sure. we'll see. But it, it's definitely the pandemic that pushed things to where they are now. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I hope it keeps like this. I, it's, it's a good problem to have when you have too many games to play. Um, yeah. That's my favorite kind of problem. So. For sure. I think I think a lot of it is Horizon and Elden Ring, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And they, they those both feel like holiday season games that needed a couple extra minutes in the oven and yeah. because of that we end up with a super super ridiculous uh end of the year but i mean because they were this, both delayed yeah this is also kind of the dumping ground too because a lot of video game companies this is the end of their fiscal year i think march 31st or something along those yeah. lines or maybe maybe i not. think it is i think you're right but who could tell who could tell huh. awesome that's a hell of an episode we uh, we do we do like to talk about our video games, don't we? We'll figure it out yeah. in the long run. We'll we'll move a little quicker in some spots, or maybe this is the right amount of time to plan for. I feel like in our heads we always said a two-hour podcast, and now we're starting to close in on three. But it feels like I could have gone longer, <laughs> but I don't think anybody and wants a four-hour podcast as well. We make cuts too, so it ends up being more like two, two and a half. Yeah, that's three, true. So. We did take a break. We're live streaming this. Um. Let me hand it over to you for the outro. I did the intro. Yeah, so 
I, I will be happy to see you out of here so you can play more Elden Ring. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Plug but, away. Uh, yeah, so give me, your, give me your handles. What are our handles? My handles are the best. They're very easy. I'm Jake Twitching, like twitching, but with no G, uh, fucking everywhere. It's where yeah. we're streaming so, this right as we speak. Exactly right. Make sure to check out Jake, Jake Twitching on uh, Twitch and uh, Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook and MySpace and... Uh, what's no the new space. Donald Trump app? Uh, no, Trump? no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So uh, I, uh, I'm Colleen, K-A-U-L-I-N-E underscore on Twitch. And I am Colleen, K-A-U-L-I-N-E on uh, Twitter. And that's pretty much all I have. I also have TikTok, but, you know, TikTok's TikTok. Um, Trendy. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, everyone has the the Colleen without the underscore, and it really drives me crazy. Um, Colleen fronters. It's 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 insane. There's absolutely no other Colleen on this planet other than me. But um, but yeah. So we appreciate you guys coming out here tonight. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. You're if you're watching this on YouTube, you're watching it on my channel, Colleen K U L I N E. I you already found it. Forgot about my YouTube. Yeah. Um, so then from there, you can find links that go everywhere else. Everything's kind of webbed together. Um, so make sure to drop Jake a follow on on Twitch and on YouTube and everything. Um, make sure to like and go subscribe to our podcast on the podcast apps. You can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Um, anything that you do to interact boosts us up. And uh, hopefully we'll have more to come in the future. Um, this has been a really fun experience for me and Jake. And we're really excited about what we can do in the future. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and we, we appreciate you listening because it makes us feel validated for having such in-depth <laughs> thoughts about video games. Um, <laughs> listen, we've all been in the room where they're like, what's your hobby? And I'm like, I play video games. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that's, God, that's a hobby. What? Yeah. So we appreciate you guys. Like, like dissolves like. Um, that's, a, that's a chemistry thing, but whatever. Um, but we appreciate you guys. We're going to head out. Thank you. That's it. That's the show. Any last words, Jake? Gameless, baby. Bye.